fuck this yeah. kid gate shit. Ugh. But Looking Alex, you, how Activision. do we monetize the children? How do you monetize the children? We it's have simple. to monetize the children. Yeah, we have to monetize the children in every single way. It's simple. You do is you create the the funnest, cutest little game you can. Put it on mobile, especially. And then what you do is like, oh, you can't save your friends from Tiny Town until you uh drop about five hundred bucks to get a bunch of fucking coins, kid. You gonna let your friends die, huh, kid? Huh? Huh? I didn't think so. Grab your mom's wallet. Let's this is feeling oddly this, personal, Alex. Did, did something happen to you? No, <laughs> I've just been reading a lot of news recently about the the stupid fucking monetization of gaming and how it goes way too fucking far. Like, I was it was actually following a thing that yeah, the NBA two K thing. But oh, yeah. we're gonna talk about. Oh yeah. That. That. Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 170. Yeah! Indeed. Woo. Indeed. <laughs> Is that the sound of 70? 170, I mean? I don't know. I mean, we're already past 169. Yeah. Now, yeah. I don't know. Is there a 170 special event thing? I don't fucking know. I can't reference anything off the top of my head, so I'll just I do, don't uh, know. Yeah, what is what is there an anniversary type, you know, like you know, like in anniversaries there's like a diamond anniversary and like a tin anniversary and stuff. It's like what's one seventy? Divorce because you've been together way too fucking long. <laughs> or burned at the stake because you've been alive for way too long. Yeah, no, you're Alex is absolutely right. You're, you're, you're obviously in a witch union and therefore it's time to get them stakes out. Yep. <laughs> you know it Alex is 100% right. In that context, you are either a witch or a vampire. <laughs> and Ben Helsing's like, yo, we got words. Yeah. So it's the Helsing It's the Helsing, it's the Helsing anniversary. anniversary. Alex is 100% <laughs> correct. Uh, well, my undead friends, uh, <laughs> we are back for another episode, though. It's we seem cool. to be. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Van Helsing or his pack of wild dogs and or townsfolk could not keep us away from this podcast. <laughs> bork, bork. Uh, that kind of plays into something I watched this week, which makes it even funnier. I can go first if we want, just to get this poll rolling. Do tell. Now, I'm, sure, now do my tell. curiosity. Now, now, yeah. So I, it, I, I watched a show called Carnival Row. It's on Amazon, and holy fuck, is that show good. Is it about carnies? No, it is a hundred percent not about carnies. And in Aww. a rare, it, it kind of is. We'll get to that in a second. So, in a rare twist of the kind of gritty urban fantasy genre, there is no source material for this. This is a completely. It's it's based, I guess, off a movie screenplay at, at one point. But like, this is a wholly original thing, which is driving me up a goddamn wall. Because if there were books that the show was based off of, I'd have fucking read all of them by now. Like it, the world of this show is deserving of like a Tolkien esque expansion of lore and video games and other stuff. So I, and partially it's because the show does not do a great job of explaining certain things because it's a TV show and has to have stuff to do for second season. So yep. to rewind some, uh, Carnival Row takes place in a we'll call it like world like. 
feels like World War One, just based off of stuff. Maybe like we're getting close to World War Two timeline of the show, where um, fucking fantasy creatures are a hundred percent real. Like uh, one of the main characters on the show is a pixie, and uh, the slang for them is picks, and it's just like slim elfin oh. people with. Oh, I saw commercials for that. Yeah, okay, the, I know. The commercials what you're are now. mysterious and weird, and the show lives up to that mysteriousness and weirdness. So, like, uh, the, the three main characters of the show are, um, I, 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 the three main groups, the three main stories of the show, I guess, with their own characters. Um, one of them is the main character, uh, who's played by Orlando Bloom, whose name I'm totally fucking forgetting right now, and he is kind of regular human guy who works for the totally not the British government's uh, police force, essentially. Like, he's assigned to what's called Carnival Row, which is the part of totally not England. Um, Burga is the, is the country they belong to, or the city they live in. It's the place where all of the kind of non-humans wind up. The critch, as they're slang referred to on the show, and that includes like trolls and like witch doctor women and then like the pixies and then the the pucks which are just i can't tell if they have hooves or not but they are people that have horns and i'm not talking like mm. little cute like out of their forehead horns i'm talking like they're like from their like eyes up they morph into these beautiful unique from character to character kind of ram's horn thing and while the show does not have Christianity, the main religion of the humans is the light of the martyr. And the light of the martyr kind of has similar depictions of people with horns. So, like, right off the bat, the pucks are viewed as demons by regular humans kind of things. And they're the most racist that racist that against group. I'm hoping that it has better world building than Bright, which was pretty awful it's real so i think simply because it's set kind of in that so we're getting to that so the show starts off with i i can't totally tell exactly how it breaks down but there's three major continents they've referenced um burga i hope i'm getting that name right i'm probably not which is human land essentially um where the majority of the critch come from and then a third place that has not shown up on the show except for name, which I think is America, but I it, it's got kind of an America vibe to it. Like it, it's always referenced in "No one gives a fuck if you're a critch or not." There kind of situation. Mm. <laughs> like it's it's the place. And so the two so two of the main plots kind of circle around each other: the human and the Pix character. Uh, know each other from back. So the the main human character used to be a soldier for the army that was um they were they were in they were stationed in the Picks homeland not not the Picks homeland the Critch homeland because uh there's an, the, so there's an, the, the the big bads of the show if you will kind of the, the Nazi party of uh, Carnival Row is a is a nation called the Pact which appears to be humans. But they're willing to do fucked up stuff, like intentionally infect their soldiers with werewolfism, mm. and use them for like mm. stealth raids. As a result, like there's a really cool moment in the show where a bunch of like soldiers sneak behind enemy lines and then shoot up with uh, werewolfism to cause havoc. Mm. And like werewolves are better than humans; like they're just more powerful, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's like airships, like a Zeppelin style airship show up at one point. The show is like that. 
steampunk World War One era, like stuff is gritty. Um, electricity shows up with the idea that you could make like a coal factory that produces <clears throat> steam to power electricity. People are using gas lamps for the most part. So, kind of one main story is the detective story. There's been a series of murders he's investigating that start off as kind of a Jack the Ripper sort of hate crimes against various Critch. You have the Pixie main character who kind of acts as your foil to that, where it's she's. She demonstrates the street level racism against the Critch. Like it's hmm. one of her best friends. Actually, prior to the show starting, the show starts with her attempting to help a bunch of other pixie flee their homeland onto a boat, and shit goes wrong. And she, like, and she winds up in, she winds up in the show as an indentured servant. That comes with a whole set of problems, and the, and that's how the show's linked. Kind of like it's the, the, the so the fourth thing, which is kind of the um the the, the aristocracy, the two. The, one of the most powerful families in all of um, the kind of human world. There's a story about them and kind of like it's the four stories link in interesting ways. Like one of them kind of goes off by itself eventually. Sorry. And the fourth story is the story of a puck that has managed to get to like those upper echelons of human society. Like he is impossibly wealthy. Like there's a great scene where he goes to like an art auction and just spite buys shit out from underneath people. And then pays you know the cash. Really, you know what really reminds me of so far? It reminds me of Shadowrun. Like a ton of shit. Like it would be Shadowrun if it took place in the time span between World War One and World War Two. Yeah, like that's is, what it sounds a lot like. Which is cool. In it a is, good way. I'm, I'm yeah, like it's one of those things where it's like possible. magic exists, but most people just use guns and shit because guns are real good at killing pixies because you shoot them and they bleed out through their wings and stuff like that. Like they, there's some fucked up stuff in the show where there's like a pixie gang that their way of like street executioning you is just pushing you off a ledge and chopping one of your wings off mm. because you can't fly. You fall to your death then kind of thing. And because yeah. racism, humans <laughs> go like, fuck it, who cares? We ain't investigating. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah, it sounds fascinating. It's, yeah, I saw the commercials for that. So the commercials are weird and don't convey what the show is about, which I think makes the show better. Like, I went in with, yeah. I'm hoping this will be weird, and, like, just the world of the show is great. Like, they give you enough backstory of, like, two of the main characters. Like, it's like, okay, they have a relationship. She's pissed off at him for the majority of the show. Here's what happened. Like, none of the main characters are good people or bad people, like, what they reveal about the human characters. That's way interesting. more interesting. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those ones where it's like the guy does a bad thing to the female pixie main, the pixie main character for the right reasons, but it's also a super fucking shitty thing to do. So she's completely right to be pissed off at him for the majority of the season. I, it's like even the exceedingly trite and kind of like, oh, we've done this story a bunch of times, like story of racism, where like the the female aristocrat lady falling in love with the puck trying to come up with it still feels cool because the the the, the puck is such a good character like it is he's is such a force on screen acting wise like what they have him do is so cool like it's the he never does anything badass but he's like yeah i have more money than all of you put together and i'm gonna wield that thing like a fucking sledgehammer however i goddamn please and his story is great too, like how he got to there like the fact that he's basically amassed wealth by playing the human game and just stepping on the throats 
of every other critch he worked with and stuff like that. Like it's the he is like he is the closest the show comes to having a bad people, to having a bad person, but also like it's the, it's what he had to do. Like it's one of those ones where his goal in life was to escape his station as a puck, and he has done it successfully, and he's done it masterfully, and like the world be damned before he is brought back down to just being a critch again kind of thing. So they're really playing on the, you know, the classism and racism. Oh yeah, the show is all about classism and racism, and I think it's it's one of those ones where it's there's a couple heavy-handed moments, like the the actor that plays the main puck character happens to be black kind of thing, so it was a little heavy-handed then, where it's like, okay, you're beating us over the racism angle of it, but who the fuck cares? Because you're an amazing actor, and like, you just fucking chew scenery every town, every senior in, and, like, the, the the costume work for him is some of the best in the show, just because the horns come out of his face just so perfectly, like, the, the makeup and the costuming for the show is some of the best parts of the show, like, the creature design cool. is great, like, everything feels distinct, and, like, even the things that should feel monstrous don't feel monstrous, like, the low, cra- the low class puck feel like blue-collar people that happen to have horns, the the high class puck, the main character puck, who's like trying to do the aristocrat thing, just oozes earned elegance kind of thing. But also kind of has this ongoing vibe of like I will kill people to get what I want. It's I I, I was I was floored by the show. Like it's the if there is a Game of Thrones size hole left in your heart, this is definitely something worth checking out. Like this is mm. one of the best fantasy worlds. I've dipped my toe into it in a long time, and it's cool. Like, it's there's so much they could do with this show. Like it's the you could just keep doing show. You could just keep doing stuff in the city that the show's taken place in so far, or you can go back to the continent with the pact. Like I I want to know more about the pact. They are evil and intriguing. Like it's everything they've shown about them is terrible, and like it, it, they're undeniably this world's Nazis. But, like, there's so much more going on with their racism and their horribleness that I'm like, I need to know more about you. Like, it's just little details, like the fact that, like, the pixies have, the pixie race thinks in three dimensions because they're born with wings. Like, all their buildings mm. are built around the idea you can just fly up. So there's, like, there's a library at one point that's, like, not that wide of a room, but it's, like, thousands of feet tall because if you're a pixie, you can just fly up. That's cool. That's yeah. a, that's actually really that's really cool. That's that's giving a lot of thought into. Well, if you could do this thing, what would you build? Yeah, I mean it, that's it's it's that's, dumb. That's just it, yeah, that's it, really cool. It's detail. dumb stuff. Like one of the char- like one of the pixies works as a um a housemaid for like some human characters, and they put her in a like corset designed specifically to block her ability to fly, kind of thing, because they quote can't have her flying off and escaping. That's fucked. Yeah, but like it's yeah, it's little details of the world yeah. that are cool like that. Like it's that are very realistic. Yeah. in a lot of ways. The show does lots of cool stuff. It's like, yeah, I, I was unbelievably impressed with the show. Everyone on the show is a great actor. Like it's even Orlando Bloom was great. I don't think Orlando Bloom was a great actor. Like it's I I love this show. Like I finished it. I'm like I need to watch this again now knowing stuff so I can go back and watch stuff. Like, it's... It is such a cool show, and I... They have to get a second season. Like, I, I can't imagine the show doing badly. Like, it's... 
it is as good as I think The Boys is, but for totally different reasons. Like mm. it, it's this is the this is the fantasy show you should be making at this point in history, kind of thing. Like this is what fucking Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones all coalescing together in kind of general consciousness. This is what we get from that. Ultimately, like this is it is a fantasy show where you have characters that can do magic and like magic is a known thing, but like it's you're you're willing to accept the fact it's like no, not every critch can do magic. Only a certain group can. But like everyone's aware magic is real, except humans are like, whatever fucking magic. We never had it and we did just fine. But also like it plays the ideas of cultural is developing differently. Like the humans are technologically and infrastructurally the more advanced races of the show, but kind of culturally they lag behind other ones. Like it's the picks have like a, a scholarly, artistic, philo- philosophical culture to them kind of thing that the humans just typically don't always get or respect kind of thing. And vice versa. Like the a lot of the, the, the pixies view the humans as just kind of like grubby monkey people still where it's like, ah, what, what can you possibly do? There's more of us and we invented guns. Just saying. Yeah, I'll have to check yeah. that out. Uh, it's, it's, it's an Amazon Prime show. So if you don't have Amazon Prime, I apologize for talking about this. You thought it was cool, but like again, I will never say get Amazon Prime for this. But if you like sci-fi and you thought me talking about the boys were cool, and you thought me talking about this was cool, Prime also has the Expanse. So maybe after that most recent season comes up, do a month-long trial and fucking binge-watch shit. Like there are three, like three of my favorite shows are currently on Amazon Prime right now, which is saying something. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, they're they're kind of crushing it right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they've had some pretty decent shows prior to that. Like, yeah, I've heard nothing but rave reviews about Man in the High Tower. I don't like Man in the High Tower, but I have nothing bad to say about it. It's just it's mm-hmm. it's Wolfenstein, and I like playing Wolfenstein more than I like watching Wolfenstein. Like, I, it's <laughs> well, I mean, it's the reason the I, it's not fully Wolfenstein because it just doesn't feel fully immersed. In the Wolfenstein culture, because I can't buy any loot boxes on the TV show. Mm. Can you buy loot boxes in Wolfenstein? They added that. In the oh, it was like cosmetics blood. or something. Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Yes, of course they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, Man, the High Towers. Like Fleabag is another great show on that platform. Which I, I, there's no way I can talk about Fleabag on this platform. But I still fucking love that show. Like Miss Maisel is a fantastic show. If you're into kind of period piece, um, kind of drama. Oh, I watched stuff. that actually. I, um, one of my brothers has Amazon Prime, and he was like, "You got to check the show out. It's the most good. Jewish show on television right now, and it's great." <laughs> I watched that show. I'm like, "Ah, it's like my family. Fuck." <laughs> We're all fast talking with each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I guess like Carnival Row was a big part of my week this week. Uh. I, I'd be remiss if I did not mention that the first season of Cobra Kai is now free to watch on YouTube. Alex, you have no excuses. Oh, yeah, I haven't watched Cobra Kai yet. You should go watch Cobra Kai. Still I, I do need to replace the show recently because uh, my girlfriend and I just finished watching all of MASH. So You should watch Cobra Kai real quick then. Like I, I think you'd enjoy Like Go watch The Boys, go watch um, The Expanse, go watch Carnival Row, and go watch the first season of Cobra Kai. I've got quite a list there, so perfect. Why the fuck were you watching MASH? 
I fucking love MASH. Fair. And I... so Mandy and I have an agreement that we each pick a show that we really like and we we run through it. And then, you know, we, once your show's done, we switch to another season. Sure. No. I... That's how I got through Parks and Rec because she suggested it and we burned through all of fair. Parks and Rec, which is a great show. No, fair. Yeah, amazing show. Yeah, I, anytime anyone mentions MASH under the age of 50, I'm kind of like, huh, okay. <laughs> I I was that weird kid who fucking no, loved no, watching I, MASH growing up. I, my, my parents had really weird TV rules growing up. Where like, It's like, oh, you can watch Gilligan's Island and MASH, but none of this stuff anyone your age is watching. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. I'm going to learn about womanizing and black and white photography, I guess. <laughs> 12-year-old me Man. is unclear why this is the standard we're setting, but okay. <laughs> TV land is full of horrible things that maybe 12-year-olds shouldn't be watching. But it's yeah. cool because it's old. Especially when you realize the lyrics, or, or there are lyrics to the MASH theme song. Yep. Yep. That was a, that was a moment for yep. Mandy when I told her that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess kind of relating more directly to gaming on my end, um, I did my Starfinder Game Zero for our next kind of big campaign, which because I warned the guys that I actually put spoilers for it in the podcast. I'm not going to talk about it more than this. And um, I'm playing with the Destiny still. I'm still chipping away at that uh, From Ashes game I was playing. I've dropped off uh, Rebel Galaxy Outlaws some. I just don't have the time to fully immerse myself in Struckerness. I I am one... I am literally two pieces of armor away, hypothetically, from getting the like year two triumph thing of like yo you did the stuff I I like literally last night I met, I, I did a I did a comp climb in crucible which I fucking hate myself for to get that pinnacle weapon I did and and now I've I've gotten through reckoning and I I don't quite get what the fuck is up with reckoning maybe it finally clicked for me or something how that thing is supposed to work but I don't hate reckoning as much as I used to even though it's still kind of, I, there's a fix for it coming soon. I literally need two pieces of collector armor out of that so I can go run a mission or so I can go run a Gambit Prime match as a collect as in a full set of notorious armor so I can get that part done. And then I have played way too much Destiny 2 in a month or in one season. Like it's truly the amount of stuff I have gotten done in a relatively short period of time for that game is disgusting and wrong. Like I it's maybe don't do what I've done. Like, fuck, my, my clan has a guy in it that managed to do all of the Solstice gear in essentially three days. Which... Oh my god. Yeah. I, as someone that took, like, two weeks to do one piece of Solstice gear, watching him bang through three pieces of Solstice gear in, like, three or four days was just, like... It seemed rough, and... Especially because I don't get why you would do that. Like, getting all three got you a cool sparrow, I guess. But also, it's not that cool a sparrow. Mm -hmm. uh, Fishboxer, you are... Sorry, the Fishboxer. You are a goddamn madman. But, yeah, I, I, I'm i almost done, I guess, with, like, one or two of my crazy endeavors for the end of Destiny Year 2. I finish this thing up, and then it's time to just go grind Gambit so I can get Dredgen finally. Like, I, it's... There's a, there's a booster weekend coming. I, I, also, Alex, if you're playing, let me know like after this week, and I will no longer be on my insane person mad hunt for this shit. Oh, it's all good. I've been playing yeah. catch-up right now myself. Yeah. So. It's going to be a big week for Mars, actually, if you want to do Mars content. That community mm. event's happening on Mars this week. Okay. 
whether we want it or not, we're going back to Mars. But then we're going to the moon. Right, then we're going to the moon. Because it's haunted, goddammit. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's what I've been up to. I've just been watching stuff for the most part. I, it's Life's been weird. Planning a wedding is hard, turns out. Mm. Who's next? Uh, do you want to go, uh, Henry, or do you want me to go? Um, sure, I can go. Okay. So, um, I didn't really get up to too much, so, uh, I watched a, I don't know, a early, two, early 2010s anime called Gossip, um, which, uh, you can find on Funimation. Funimation, yeah, it's, see, I, see, I prefer Crunchyroll just because it has a much, much larger library, but... There's some stuff that you can only really find on Funimation's uh, account or on their membership thing. So mm-hmm. it's so I uh, and Gossip is pretty cool. Um, see, the thing that I found kind of disappointing with Black Butler was, at least in the anime adaptation, is the mysteries weren't very in depth. They weren't very interesting. It really focused mainly on. Hey, he's a demonic butler, and he's really hot, and that's kind of it. I mean, yeah. And we talked about but, this some last week, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I talked about that last week. But Gossick, uh actually has some more interesting actual mysteries going on that, where there's clues, there's actual clues thrown about in the episode, and I found my found myself able to guess a lot of the things that were going on. I mean, it wasn't super difficult. But at least there was actual mystery going on there. That is, all right. So by that I mean, and that they actually drop hints and clues, some more subtle or less subtle than others, and at least, it, it, and at least there is a way to build a natural build up to the reveal, the bigger reveals and the mysteries. And so, I find that satisfying because. I've definitely watched and read things where it's like, it's a mystery, but, like, there was no clues. It's all just sort of this big surprise dropped at the very end. That is, it's like, oh, here, we're gonna, at the very end, they show all this background story stuff. It's like, here's things we didn't show you at all, and somehow... I guess you were supposed to guess this stuff. Yeah, the Sherlock Holmes bullshit, where it's like, oh... I'm Sherlock Holmes. I knew things. Yeah, well, done in the Sherlock show, like the British BBC Sherlock show, where it's just like, oh, here's a bunch of stuff that we didn't show you at all, and you had no way of predicting. Yeah, that's, somehow, that's Sherlock Holmes that, in general, I guess, in my experience. But the books gave you clues. Not always. Clues. Not always, but, you know, Agatha Christie actually did proper mysteries, so I should probably mention that. I mean, that's... If you wanted to read books with actual mysteries where they actually give you clues as you go along, and so that you have some satisfaction when you get to the end, it's like, oh, that was a thing that you actually did talk about, and I missed it, or I picked up on that one, you know? Yeah, Gossick actually does at least some of that, where there is a way, a natural progression to the mystery, where it's just not, oh, here's the thing completely out of nowhere, of, of like, we're introducing at the very end new characters, and new details that you had no way of predicting, and that's dumb. But, yeah, I, I enjoy a good actual mystery novel, not this sort of bullshit mystery where it, where it just reveals a bunch of 
unknown stuff at the very end, and it just basically acts tries to act like it was clever by doing that. No, that's not clever. I mean, just hiding information from the reader or the watcher, that's not actually clever. But yeah, um, <clears throat> so that was good. Um, another one that I watched and uh, called uh, Koa, uh, Koa Bon, which was, it's short stories, it's horror-themed short stories, and they're huh. all, they have a digital theme to them. So they're, it's, it is an anime, but they're very short. They're only like, you know, five minutes or so even. And they all tend to revolve around sort of people communicating over some digital format. Like the very first one is, they're basically using an analog to Skype to talk to each other. And it's it's mystery and it's horror without the sort of, without any need to show it. It's one of the, you know, you know reference it or you know, play on it. You don't have to show blood and guts to make it horror. And I really, really appreciate that style. Mm. So it's there's actually suspense and there's a build, a good build, even within that short period of time where it's like, like, it just shows you how quickly you can and how effectively you can build suspense if you just decide to tell a story well and give little things and little hints like, oh, that that's off or, oh, I really, and it keeps you guessing. I mean, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, it's, that one's on avail that's one's available on Crunchyroll, so, <clears throat> so, but yeah, that one's super cool. I really enjoyed that one too. Because I, I enjoy, well, I love horror in general as a genre, but I love it when it's well done, when there's actually a lot of, like, even within the five or, you know, the very short amount of time that it is, great pacing, actually. Mm. Like, like the feel of the way it's going through feels natural, feels like a natural conversation. It feels like this is how people would actually be talking and reacting to things in real time. So, <clears throat> I mean, I have to say, I mean, if you, I mean, another anime I'll just throw out there that also is very good is the Junji Ito collection. Junji Ito being a a really good horror comp manga writer who certain certain works of his have been adapted a lot. Like uh, Tomie was his most famous series, as in. That one's still going. Like, there's still movies and TV shows coming out from that. And they actually do a small Tomie story arc in the Junji Ito collection on Crunchyroll. But they, yeah, there again, it's, you don't have to just have gore and just ridiculous violence to tell a good, suspenseful story that is actually horrific and actually terrifying. And, but yeah, Koobon actually manages to do that in, like, very, very small amount of time. And so, yeah, if you want to binge watch that series, it'd only take you a couple of hours. But, ah, uh, it's worth it. It's super good. <clears throat> and I just like the fact that it really works in the, the modern age, you know? Like, I guess in a sense a bit like the uh, paranormal, paranormal activity, at least the first one, the first movie of that, mm -hmm. that it works in like, well, you know, let's tell horror, but let's actually consider what's available now, you know, in a, in an interesting way. So, yeah, so that, that was, 
very, 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 very nice change of pace in a certain sense. I mean, the short story format can work, and I don't see that done very often, uh, especially in sort of American cartoons. Yeah. I don't see that done very often, the, the very short story style of format. That's what YouTube exists for to a certain extent now. Yeah. In the US. Yeah. Yeah I, I, yeah, I suppose so. But this one's very, I mean, this one's 100% professionally produced oh, sure. as well. So um, it uses, it uses uh, uh, rotoscoping, which is, if you're not familiar, familiar with that, that's basically sort of drawing over, or at least using digital effects over real, sort of real filming. So I mean, there's a show coming up called Aubrey Plaza. It's gonna be a big uh, like that, that has that effect used in. I think it's, it, there's an ad for it. you can go see the effect on. Let me see if I can find the name. Cool. Yeah. I am. I, I. I. Well, I liked her a lot in, of course, Parks and Rec, but her performance in Legion just blew me away. I just have to say, all the way to through the end of Legion, it's just. She destroyed it. Yeah. Killed it. So good. Such an amazing performance. It should be an award winning performance, I would say. Yeah. Anyway, have you located? I'm trying <laughs> to find it. I think it's her at least. But yeah, rotoscoping. Yeah, the, so yeah, Koobon uses rotoscoping and it does it well. I mean, definitely you could. Rotoscoping, I've not always seen good. <laughs> Good rotoscoping in shows, but this one does it well, and it yeah. feels natural, and it feels natural because obviously it it becomes a kind of an easy way to roll in those yeah. sort of horrific effects without I don't know it's it's just cool it's just really neat and it feels very natural yeah it gives you the option of animation I guess like that's where Scanner Darkly works as well yeah and let's just say that. They blend it in very well. It feels real. Like, the way that they blend in those effects, you know, it, when with the rest of the rotoscope sure. stuff is super cool. So, yeah. Um, so, other things I did. Uh, I, well, when it came to games, I mainly just, I actually went back to my actual console, my old consoles, my Genesis, played some games on that. Just felt like playing some classic games because... Sometimes it's nice to be able to just jump, like, I don't know, go back to some of the older games that I like and jump in, like Alicia Dragoon for the Genesis, which is, by the way, super, super good. Undone, that's the show I was looking for, sorry. All right, Undone. I'll and I may have been wrong out. with Aubrey Plaza, I thought it was her, but the rotoscoping makes the main actress kind of look like her. Huh. Mm. But, all right, so uh, one thing I have been interested in picking up Mainly because I've been pe watching people play it is Dicey Dungeons. I don't know if I've you've heard, heard of things. It. It's it's a deck builder style game. So I have heard that. Deck... And but it's it has an easy learning curve. Like that is just picking it up, playing it. It's it's really easily laid out, really easy to kind of has an easy interface to do, to understand and deal with. So it's kind of like my first deck builder game, mm. but it does have enough depth, especially with the way that certain characters work. So the mechanics of the characters are wildly different. 
Like, each character that you can play has a wildly different mechanic to the way that they actually play out their deck and the way their deck works. But it's all, it's fairly easy to understand. There again, it's like learning any of the characters is not a big deal. It doesn't seem like, I mean, I feel like right now, just by watching it, I could probably play it and do pretty well at it. But there's, there is also a good amount of depth to each character. That is, you can pull off some pretty cool combos. I was, I was watching, I was watching somebody I know play last night, actually. Uh, uh, Dude SF, D-O-O-D-S-F. Uh, that's his, well, that's his uh, username on Twitch, anyway. And he broke, broke it. <laughs> He found some combos with the, with the witch in particular that's just like, well, if I get this, it's over this turn, no matter what. No matter how many hit points, if it's a boss or whatever, if I just get a dice this turn that I can use, it's completely over. <laughs> um, and it just took in with that. That's something they're probably might even, it's so easy of an exploit, it might even be something they might patch out. but. It's he found a very very powerful exploit using the witch, and just a couple of her spells. The fact that uh, and so all right, so to actually tell you about the mechanics is, it well as you imagine it revolves around dice, and so one would assume based on the name, yes, <laughs> yeah, and so you have cards, you have your very small deck, and essentially there are six spaces. For the for the cards that you can use in a particular match or in a or in a battle, and then you do have backup cards. You have a bunch of cards. You have, you you do have an inventory you can switch stuff out for. And some cards take one space. Some cards take two spaces. So you have to think about that kind of intelligently. Um, at least for most of the characters, the witch has a different way that her spaces use. Her spaces are used, but. So what happens is certain cards take a certain die roll. So each so you get a certain number of die that you can throw each round. And so three, four, five, whatever. And then each of the cards is activated with a certain die value. Sometimes a very specific one, like only on six or only on two. Sometimes wide open, any any value is fine. And sometimes even a rod and things like that. So there, and so there's a lot of strategy goes into manip- essentially manipulating the dice, manipulating your deck, and figuring out any and order as well. So there again, it's I feel like it's a very accessible way into deck builder type games because yeah, I mean, like my favorite right now is Slay the Spire and. That one is not necessarily that easy to run into, though it is still pretty Most deck builders aren't necessarily the most accessible things out there. Yeah, but Dicey Dungeons is really, really easy to get into, and I'm probably going to pick it up. I'd say, I don't know, one of these weeks anyway. But but yeah, it definitely looks absolutely fascinating. And yeah, it's I, I do like the deck builder style games. I... I like the video game versions more than I've liked the actual board game versions. I mean, which 
I mean, I've and I've definitely played the board game ones, but a lot of them started to get very samey, like sure. really, like, like, uh, so. Yeah, I felt like once I played three of them, I had played them all. But now, with all of these being pulled to sort of the digital realm, it gives them, I guess, a lot more room to kind of play around with the idea. As well as, it's easier because... Alright, so with the physical ones, of course, you have to produce a physical board and cards and all that stuff, and that has the cell. Well, yeah, I, what you're talking about is the inherent problem of board games. Like you have to have space to store, you have to have the money to buy it. Like it's yeah. yeah. And you have to plus have to a lot of these work. Yeah, and plus a lot yeah, a lot of these ones that are coming out in video game form are single player ones. Yeah, I I might go so far as to argue like to take it broader for a sec. Like part of the reason Hearthstone did so well is it doesn't require me to go to a game shop play against someone or uh-huh. store or collect physical cards. I can just go to a site yes. and go click, 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 click. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my favorite deck builder game, one of my favorite deck builder well, I guess not a more collectible card game that was online, uh, went offline, uh, it went it went gone, and I was kind of sad about that. But anyways, yeah. So You yeah. gotta print those digital cards so you can play them in real life. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually a really fun one, and it had some great mechanics to it. It was, it actually was a spinoff of, uh, uh, of another of an MMORPG. It was called Mabinogi uh, Card Game, mm. and it was just, it was so cool. And then I logged on like a like one day, and it was just like gone. It was just got you couldn't connect anymore, and the client was gone. Is then the client eventually left. I was like, oh. That was that's kind of sad because that was actually my favorite one. It it was one that didn't just it didn't just copy magic. It had the and I and I've talked about it here before, but it was the one where there's like a fixed a uh, hand like a your hand was fixed and your cards didn't get used up hmm. per se. Um, like you didn't keep drawing from a like a deck in a certain way. You you would burn cards and then they could come back if you spent life. So you always had like a hand size of about you know like of a certain you know between zero to seven, and then to just pull to you'd spend life to reshuffle your deck back into your hand. And but yeah, but it was all the cards because you basically got to see all of your cards at once. So it made for some interesting deck building in that way. But anyways, but yeah, that's no more uh, sadly. But yeah. Um, but yeah, Dicey Dungeons looks cool, and it's an it's definitely an interesting interesting craze. Um, Cultist Simulator was another deck building one, but I hate that. Yeah, that's that game is garbage. Yeah, I mean I know that's definitely a wildly unpopular opinion. If you look at the reviews, most of them are glowing about it. But I and all right, so all right, I'll mention this. So I saw a response to my negative review of that game. And they're like, well, hey, it only took me 20 hours to fin- to beat the game once. 20 hours for a game that generally takes, a general session only takes between 30 minutes to an hour. Mm. And it took you 20 to beat it once? I I, I might argue that playtime is not necessarily the best way of judging a game, but yeah, that's... I mean, it's it's because, and, and I'll just mention again, it was because the game felt like it's just, 
it was all trial and error, but your errors would just end your game instantly. Yeah, just... I th that person missed the kind of point of your criticism, which was the random aspect of this game, the kind the, the kind of peck and hunt aspects you were dealing with were the problem. Like I, it's give enough people enough time on anything and they'll figure it out kind of situation. But yeah, and some of the stuff it was just like unclear what it would actually do or pull off, and it's just like, oh well. Okay, I guess I lose again, and so I have to play for twenty hours just to get anywhere in the yeah. game. Uh but yeah, I so yeah, I'll put twenty hours into an RPG. But RPGs don't reset me, except for I don't know, you know, like something like you know, like the uh, net hack. Don't set you know roguelikes. Don't set me back to zero. You know, every time I screw up, and even but those I mean, don't really. Yeah, well, I mean, some of them do. I mean, roguelikes typically don't all the way, but... Yeah, well, no, like, roguelikes, I mean, that, I mean, that is the point. You die, you go all the way back to the start, and with nothing. I but mean, you often are building up kind of some mechanism or something. Some of them have that, yeah. some of them don't. I mean, one of my favorites, Dungeon of the Endless, doesn't have that at all. Like, the characters all, I mean, when you... When you lose and die, you start back at the beginning and choose your characters again and everything. And you don't. The only thing that you unlock at all through subsequent playthroughs is just more of the characters. But. And that's more like a true roguelike. I mean, if you want to go. Or. Or. Or with. Uh, Dance of the. Or Dance of the. Uh, or. Sorry. Curse of the Necro Dancer. That. That's that. I mean, you, you die in that, you just start at the beginning. And that's that's it. That's that. But but yeah, um but yeah, with Troltus Simulator, it just I don't know. It just I don't know. I guess I I, I had more fun exploring the way things worked in well, I guess the other part of Troltus Simulator that made me really hate it was the fact that well, I mentioned the spinning plates thing. It just caused me too much anxiety. Too much like having an entire game just be timer based. I mean, that's just high, the height of horrible anxiety for me. And so, I, uh, yeah, that was the combination of mechanics that I just didn't like. It was enough that, actually, I, I wasn't able to get a refund, but I just completely removed it from my Steam account because that's how much, that's the only game I have ever fully just removed from my Steam account and said, nope, I don't even, even though I can't get a refund, I literally don't want this thing anymore. Let me just set fire to it. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but Dicey Dungeons actually seems like a lot of fun. And yeah, I think I want to pick that up. So that was my week. <laughs> All right. I guess I will uh, dive in on mine. Yep, it is yours. So, the WoW burnout is very real. Mm. I, uh, really? Since I've, since I've been like grinding up the. Uh, so. The new net, the new zones, Nagitar and Mechagon. I barely go into Mechagon now because I'm like, eh, I don't really care about it. I mean, it's cool. It's a really beautifully designed area, mm. and probably better, way better designed than than uh, Nashitar, To be honest with you, but Nashitar has loot I need. So to progress my that that is the question so. I have based on this. So I know it's like what a month ago in Mechagon. I'm pronouncing that right, right? Mechagon. Mechagon, right? Mechagon, yeah. Yes. When that came out, people were like, yo, we've saved the expansion. 
has that saved the expansion in the way people thought it did originally? That being said, yes. I think it's not just the zones, but there's a couple of improvements they've made. Like, they've made an actual progressive gear system right now that works. Uh, so, I mean, there's still RNG tied to it, of course, but it's 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 a better system than before. Okay. So, uh, just to kind of go into it, in, in Mechagon, sorry, no, no, in Nazjatar, um, you do daily quests and the world quests and all that stuff, and you get what they call, uh, they're called, like, something pearls. I forget what they're called, but they basically are, like, uh, if you remember the badge of honor, mark of honor, all the tokens that you would you build up, and then you would trade them in for gear if you played. Oh, I remember well. honor. Yeah. So, well, not it's not honor exactly, but I mean like the ones for PVE. So it was like the mark of valor and. Oh, I remember marks. Yeah. So, um, they have a thing now where you do the quest, you do all that stuff, and you get pearls, and you can trade them in. For gear, uh, and not just like you know gear itself, but like some gear that actually has some pretty interesting little traits. Mm. Like um, if you get boots, you have a one in four chance of getting boots that let you do three percent additional crit damage to anything in Nazjatar and in the Eternal Palace, kind of thing. So, um, what you do now, or what the big lottery system—not lottery, the the, the slot was it the you know what i'm talking about the gambling aspect of it is um these items also have a chance of procking with the socket so people spend their pearls unlocking the ones with the socket in it and it's actually pretty nice because the gear is 385 but the current like top gear that you could get without getting it titan forged or warforged is 445 i believe Mm. but the cool shit is these same tokens you can use to upgrade the gear you already get from the vendor. So even though it's at 385, you keep grinding the same currency for pearls and you can actually level up that gear all the way up to 425. So it's just a little bit under heroic, which is not bad. It's a good system. So that in that in that aspect, it's very much saved a lot of the gearing and a lot of the bullshit of like, oh, well, this Titanforged, so this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, like it's it's fun. I, I I do enjoy it. It's just I've been trying to grind out my neck piece because that's the big thing. Because as soon as you get to neck level sixty five, you unlock a third essence, and the essences have made the gameplay a lot more fun. Neck level so. sixty five. Uh, is that like just... a is that like a like a turkey gizzard or something at that point? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, no, I have I'm maximum jowls. Maximum <laughs> jowls. <laughs> but, uh, no, so you you have a neck piece, which is your like artifact item. Is, instead of having it be weapons, this uh, last expansion, this one it's a neck piece, um, and you pu- you basically grind the same thing as before in Legion, where you grind Azrite power, Azrite you know, whatever they call it, and it increases your the stats on the neck piece, sure. but it also unlocks other stats. So, um, it was easier to do it with a neck piece because you don't have to worry about balancing a bunch sure. of different weapons and special abilities, but it also took away a lot of the flavor of Legion where you had these boss-ass weapons and now they don't do anything. So, that was that's what felt really weird about the transition from one to the other sure. when it came to... Uh, but, 
the uh, new expansion, like the new patch, has been doing really well. Uh, Eternal Palace is a great raid. Uh, I do enjoy the fights. Um, we are still stuck in a boss right now. We're four out of eight at the moment, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's it's nice. I've been streaming some of the some of the progression and things like that, mm-hmm. so I've had fun doing that now that I can. But yeah, so I've just been burned out because I've been grinding the next piece like experience bar for a while and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna casually log in this week and so i filled the void with my warlock on destiny 2. how is destiny 2 treating you i i remember the i, I remember the stream of really... consciousness text that i was getting real on this week and i'm like yeah he's not wrong that bow is real good that bow okay so that's the first bow i got as i was <laughs> playing through it and i was like holy shit this bow is so fucking good and man, I have had a fucking blast playing with that thing. Yeah, I'm... it's too bad the the level is so low now that I had to disassemble it for the time. You being. can infuse it. You can, but like I don't have all the. Oh no! Yeah, no. It, it. It, yes, there, there are also better. Like, what you really want is a bow with explosive head and um, firefly on it. I think that's what I had. You might have I had, had, I had that explosive. One. I had explosive head for sure. So, um, but yeah, like I was having a lot of fun playing that. Yeah. So, um, I did have to disassemble it for now. Just it's how that game works. So you well. you can make better bows later on in the game. Like they're up, uh, yeah. Trandy Ghoul, uh, uh, what's it called? Wishender. Both real mm-hmm. good bows. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've been uh been playing through that. I basically try to get myself caught up. I finally hit level fifty. Nice. Uh. I am gearing up at the moment. I think I'm sitting at like 686 uh, level right yep. now. And so I was trying to figure out how the fuck I continue getting better gear at this point. And I realized it's just, I just have to do the activities, yep. the Crucible daily, the Gambit daily. Um, Have you qualified? So what activities have you done? Have you started, like, have you done Callus's catch the fuck up mechanic yet? Oh, yeah. That's how you get some 690 gear. Okay, yeah. Which I already did, but I'm still working through the challenge. I haven't completely finished yes, that whole. Yes, you should start running. Men- you should start running menagerie. Okay. Except menagerie sucks now, but yes, menagerie is your future. Is that, is that the gear feeding system? There? That is at the point you're at the correct gear feeding system, or because nothing matters until kind of shadow keep drops. Do whatever the fuck you want. Like unless you're looking to get into raiding in like the immediate future, just go back and do old content now. Like I. I got to max level through Menagerie and then went back and did Black Armory and Drifter's Wild or Joker's Wild and stuff like that because that seemed cooler than current content at the time. Like uh, the Menagerie loot uh, glitch is not currently active, so you have no reason to grind through Menagerie like a crazy person. And there's mm-hmm. some cool weapons you can get out of Black Armor, like Jotun or uh, Lamarck. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, I still need to do. I'm still doing the. The milestones with the black armory yeah. and I recommend doing black armory. Yeah, I like black armory. It, excuse me, it's it's got some flaws, but like some of the gear you can get out of it, some of the best in the game. Uh, Jotun uh, is fun. The mark, uh, the monarch, sorry, is one hell of a bow. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Izanagi's burden is one hell of a sniper rifle. Uh, yeah, just yeah. Do whatever the fuck you want at this point. Like I, I recommend going back and doing the content because we'll give you some context, like the Drifter loyalty bounty. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. 
So I finished the Forsaken campaign yep. and all that. Although I think I'm still working to un- go to the Dreaming yep. City. Yeah, the Dreaming City slog kind of sucks. Yeah, there's this whole process of doing that. So did I technically finish the campaign? or am No, I still working there through is. It? Technically speaking, Forsaken's campaign ends with Last Wish, which is the raid inside the uh, Dreaming City. Um, gotcha. The, the Dreaming City is worth getting access to. It is... When Forsaken dropped, the Dreaming City was this holy shit moment for lots of people. I still think it's kind of okay. a holy shit moment for lots of people. Um, Last Wish is definitely yeah, a raid worth doing once, at least. Um, I don't know anything about the Dreaming City right now. The Dreaming, s- like- the, the Dreaming City is some kind of peak destiny weirdness gotcha. in a good way. Like It's got some stuff going on. Uh, it's well, I, yeah. when I get there, I'll text you my reaction, just like I did when I got a fucking phone yeah. the first time. So. Yeah, I, once you do Dreaming City, we can start focusing on stuff like Whisper of the Worm and yeah. Zero Hour, but yeah. Yeah, no, I've, I've been having a lot of fun, so what I'm doing now is I'm just, I, I quit trying to figure out any alt I'm going to do on WoW, because yeah. fuck that noise, and so I'm just doing the necessary basic shit for my WoW character, my shaman. Yep. And then going, fuck it, and then switching right on over to Destiny 2. <laughs> While everyone else is playing Classic WoW, and I don't have to worry about a single fucking queue. So, um, yeah, so Destiny 2 has been a lot of fun. On the other hand, I am god-fucking-awful at Gambit and PvP right now. Come play Gambit with me, Alex. I have so much Gambit in my future. I'll put you in uh, my backpack and carry you to Gambit glory. Oh, uh, Dude, literally, I did a game last night, and some guy, every time he came over, cleared us all out, and then just went back. <laughs> I, I am about to have full collector armor so we can dunk with giant blockers and prime. Oh, we shall be horrible! Does my gear make a huge yes. difference right now? Yes, level, um, level advantage is enabled in Gambit. Well, why the fuck am I doing Gambit? Because uh, it's not that it. major. Like, you should be high enough up. Ah, fuck that. Dude, I'm playing Gambit Prime on level 30 right now and still wrecking face, but also, I've played okay. a shit ton of Gambit. Like, it's... I, the, the Gambit versus Gambit Prime fight is something near and dear to my heart, where I Gambit Prime is the closest rating, or the closest PvP activity there is to a raid because there's so many goddamn mechanics that until you uh-huh. figure them out, Gambit Prime is a horrifying nightmare. Like, there's bank draining, invading happens way more often. You can drain banks as an invader. There's a whole hidden blocker that you don't know about until it gets dropped on you the first time. Like, I, it's, I, it is possible to, in Gambit Prime, summon a mini Prime Evil on your opponents. <laughs> it's real good. I, come play Gambit with me. I will teach you how to Gambit good. So I've been, uh, that's what I've been doing. Um, I know you linked me your clan, but yeah. they had all sorts of interesting requirements that I don't think I was ready to commit They're to. They're not really requirements, but yeah. So I found one that just says, just play and do your activities. That's for the more or less the clan I'm into. They, it, mostly they're just trying to guarantee, they're looking for people that are going to play reliably, I guess is the way of thinking of it. Like they're not. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. Most of my clan is pretty chill about things. Like, the raid group is less chill, but also the raid group is the raid group, and yeah, you know. no, of course that's expected, and I get that. 
but I was I, I found something that was a little more casual for me for the time yeah. being. So, um, but yeah, like I've I've been having a lot of fun playing Destiny too. So especially now that the system hit runs it really nice and smooth and all that jazz, like it's a I am having a lot of fun playing Destiny. So, uh, not playing Classic. Don't give a shit about Classic. I thought about it for a while and listened to my friends and guildmates play it and like i look at my friends list and everyone is logged into fucking it's like it's the better version of wow or something dude i have a friend in my in my uh in my friends list who's logged in five times because he's multi-boxing good god so what yeah there's a guy in my friends list who's has his name show up five times because he's multi-boxing i don't know what he's multi-boxing yet but i'm guessing it's gonna be a fucking shaman or some shit but I don't know what the multi box. I think shamans were the multi boxing class back in the day. So. I don't know. Yep, that man is multi boxing. So kudos to him on that. I guess is that technically I, against you, the rules? I never actually fully understood what multi boxing no. works. It's technically it's not because you are technically paying for five licenses. Yeah. Mm. So it's not like he's bootlegging anything in particular. He just happens to be controlling all the characters at once, and they're his account. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and I do have to say though, multi-boxing is peak original WoW stuff. Yep. Because you always heard people complaining about fucking multi-boxers, and multi-boxers existed all the way through like Cataclysm. I never saw a multi-boxer after Cata, but like in in Cata you had multi-boxers, in Wrath you had multi-boxers, Burning Crusade, fucking a multi-boxers. So that was always fun. I remember actually when Death Knights came out, there was a guy who multi-boxed five Death Knights. So is five the maximum you can multi-box? Reliably in sure. like a quest group, yes. Because anything more than five, you're in a raid and you can't do quest sure. groups together. So, uh, yeah, multi-boxing. Multi-boxing's five. back, bitches. It is, and I think that's peak WoW. Right that's there. Uh, like peak classic WoW. Is multi-boxing. The memes so. I've seen coming out of Classic about WoW are great, where it's like, man, someone got to level 60, and my friend got on a roof and got stuck in a chimney. Classic WoW. And I'm did like, yep, that's Classic WoW. Did you see the commercial they put out for the 15 years? Yes, I did. Wow? Henry, did you see this by any chance? Uh, nope. <clears throat> so, they have a bunch of Classic, like, they have a bunch of WoW streamers in the commercial. They've got Ronda Rousey. Was it Ronda Rousey? I didn't pay that much attention to it. Yeah, she's in it. Um, they have the original Leroy Jenkins tackle somebody and start a bar fight. Uh, I, I love the fact that it's a, it's a song. Like The entire thing's like a bar yeah. song that ends with yeah. an after 15 years we're going back classic or something like that. Mm-hmm. We're going back to Vanilla. Yeah. yeah, there's this whole thing there. But they have like Matt Mercer in it and a bunch of other people performing. Hodor's in it. Yep. Like... Yeah, it's a pretty cool, cool little like get together. Just gonna say it was lacking yeah, some uh, Mr. T Night Elf Mo- Night Elf Mohawk, but yeah, yeah, no Night Elf Mohawk. Well, that was that was post vanilla. That wasn't classic vanilla or classic. Pretty sure that was rather. classic. No, Night Elf Mohawk didn't happen until at least maybe either Wrath or Burning Crusade. No, no, Wrath or Cataclysm. I feel like it happened sooner than that, but I could be wrong. I don't know. No, it was definitely around that time. But yeah, no, the, the commercial was kind of cool and that was kind of nice. And watching people like the queues just get decimated, which we'll talk about. Oh, yeah. This is a multi bridging <laughs> thing. We've talked about this in news. 
That's how much yeah. WoW Classic is just straight killing it. Yeah. So, um, and then what else? On the off offline world, if you will, we had some really hard fucking thunderstorms this past week up here. Like, where we had rolling thunder sounds like going I, on. You looked at that your entire life. This is like your first major set of thunderstorms, right? I mean, I was in Mexico with Fair. family when they had some pretty gnarly thunderstorms, but like, I I can't compare them only because I'm only hearing about them because I slept through the entire fucking thing. I'm a heavy sleeper, so like, Mandy woke up in the middle of the night, like, "What the fuck is going on?" My neighbors are like, "Yeah, no, the houses were rumbling." And- oh. Yeah, no, that's the dude. I'll have to send you video. Some guy captured it. I'm part of like a chit chat group, uh, in locally here, and some guy has like his little camera thing he sets up to capture like weather and all that, and he recorded thunderstorms that night. And dude, it's gnarly. But like people were talking about like, yeah, no, like it, like the house was shaking. Like that's how strong the thunder was, and all that. And I slept through the whole fucking thing mm. like a baby. So. <laughs> I had to live vicariously through everybody talking about, oh, no, man, it was really bad. So that's how you know you truly live somewhere where, like, shit goes down. You're like, fuck it, I slept through it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'll send you guys that video this week. You guys can, or some point, you guys can watch it. But, yeah, other than that, like, that's pretty much been my week. Nothing too fancy other than, like, I'm I'm happy to be taking a little bit of a not-so-hardcore approach to WoW right now and just jumping into Destiny 2 and having a lot of fun doing it. Time. Does that mean it's time for news? I think it is time for news. So, where do we want to start this week? We've kind of got a couple of major overarching themes. Like, Do we just want to keep the um, Blizzard train going for a hot sec and get right into classic WoW talk? Sure. I think that's sure. a good, good sure. segue. Uh, so let's start that off with some actual WoW news. We get to WoW classic news. Uh, Blizzard is suing uh, Cena Games out of China for the most blatant Warcraft ripoff ever. Like, the lawsuit got fired and the game fucking disappeared. Like, how blatant is this? The characters were chibi versions of major characters from Warcraft lore. It was... I, occasionally, I'm, like, skeptical. I'm like, I'm like, oh, fuck, that's blatant. Yeah, but that's only our transition into WoW news this week. Um, as our resident World of Warcraft reporter, Alex, uh, what news do you bring us from Classic Azeroth? <laughs> So, first things first, let's talk Twitch numbers. WoW Classic hit 1.1 million viewers on Twitch on release, nearly doubling the Battle for Azeroth launch number. Okay. Like, it completely crushed Twitch this week. Like, it's been insane. Like, I think at some point, screenshots, as far as the numbers go, you had Twitch, or you had World of Warcraft Classic sitting at 1.1 million. And then after that, you had, like, GTA Five, Fortnite, Minecraft, all, like, 150K-ish. Like, 150K, 110, and 91K kind of thing. It's insane. So, like, the, there are two channels that have been super huge. One of them is Asmon Gold, who's a pretty big WoW streamer now, uh, with 280, two, 280K viewers. And then Soda Poppin, who's, like, a rogue who did a lot of PvP back in the day, who now kind of just does his own thing and started doing well again about 100k numbers right now. so um and it's just the numbers as far as the streaming goes have been insane the queues on the other hand have been even more insane 
where um, people would get DC'd or they try to log in at the time of the you know, servers going live, and you had a 20k player queue in front of you to get on the servers. So it's about four hours of waiting for shit to happen or to get on. So that's been huge. And so there has been so much demand for um there's been so much demand for servers that throughout the week i just kept seeing tweets about blizzard adds another three servers for na rail or na uh they add another three servers to eu like they've been adding servers constantly since this week uh since classic has come out it's been ridiculous so um that so we could make a lot of jokes about how, like, Blizzard's uh, Activision said, you don't actually want this, or, man, Classic seems oh. to be doing way better than normal WoW, or Leroy Jenkins or something. I, do you think this will maintain? Um, I don't know, man. It There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't even find the original list of servers that were coming sure. out. Like, they had released them, but, like, there are so many fucking servers. And I think actually Friday on the 30th, they added another four servers. Like, it's just been climbing and climbing. Sure. Like, yeah. It's insane. So. Yeah. I, um, I'm trying to guess, like, how much of these do you think is just general curiosity about classic WoW in the modern era? And how much of it is. I don't. Like, I guess, like, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, people are very much enjoying playing the uh classic wow in fact um warcraft logs put out a tweet and they're the ones that track all the logs yeah. for the fights and everything like that they said they had a 30 percent drop in upload since wow classic released so in all of the world their site dropped 30 percent less traffic just because people aren't raiding in in retail wow yeah or uploading logs for that which is insane yeah so it's been a whole like, uh, if this maintains, I'm curious where they go from here. Like, I think it's. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think like kind of the branching point for a lot of people is Wrath of the Lich King. Like that's where they started changing the talent trees pretty severely, and stuff started to get less. What people think of as classic WoW, and more they think of the fact that I have the phrase retail WoW in my brain at this point as we describe modern WoW versus classic WoW is just an insane concept to me. Like, do you think they take this up through Wrath of the Lich King? Oh, yeah. They've already talked about if there's enough, like, interest and, like, actual wanting in this that people will, in fact, fucking play. Like, they've, I've seen people post about, like, oh, I'll play fucking Burning Crusade. Yeah. I'll play uh, freaking uh, Wrath of the Lich King. I'll tell you right now, if I had a choice, I would absolutely go back and play Wrath of the Lich King and uh, Burning Crusade. Well, so, like... Wrath, that's what I'm getting at. Ratchet Lich King is the end of the classic WoW pack. Like, do we live in a world where classic WoW becomes some bizarre nightmare reboot for WoW that you then have diverging timelines? Like, retail WoW comes to an end. Somehow the accounts get merged so you can have, like, your cool-ass mounts or whatever, and they bring the better graphics to classic WoW. But then at Wrath Lich King, no. you have, like, branching paths. Like, hey, it's a totally new hardcore story or something. Hmm. No, I don't see them doing that. Only because the thing that 
attracts classic or people to classic wow is the the authenticity of the original kind of behavior of sure wow. like or people the community and the environment server identity stuff like that when you start merging shit like that is when you start losing well, so people, what i was which is what, what i'm getting at i guess like it's the doing. could you like if the next wow expansion came out and brought back the actual skill tree as opposed to kind of what it is in the month if, if classic if, if retail wow suddenly learned a bunch of stuff from classic wow and brought like maybe keep the cross server play but like removed a lot of the kind of ease of use stuff to emulate some of the stuff people seem to really enjoy about classic wow like is that a step in the right direction do you think that like causes the problem like i what I'm, what I'm trying to get at i guess is like classic wow is doing well better than i think any of us even jokingly thought it might do on this podcast and like that means something i don't and i, I think it's what it's on one hand, it's, yeah, it's absolutely about nostalgia, like going back to what's it, 2004 or something like that for some people is a big kind of fun little time machine experiment. But like, I, I've played both. Like, I've not played Classic WoW since it launched, but like, as someone who jumped into the modern version of WoW, that's not a game I want to play. But kind of the, what my memory at least of what kind of vanilla Classic WoW being is a game that was still going in the modern era with the skill trees and with kind of like, I always go back to the hunter. The fact that hunters aren't hunters, in my opinion, anymore, is all I can say about modern WoW. The fact they don't have melee builds, the fact they're not, like, bogarting everyone's gear because they have to have everything is something that, like, was annoying, but also, like, that was just the class you were playing. Like, the, the whole pet system was annoying, but, like, that was a choice you made. You chose to make the game more aggravating for yourself because it felt more rewarding. and so You invested more, I guess. Like, could you do something new but for the old stuff after wrath of lich king mm, i don't know if they'll have an alternate timeline thing after lich king but if they were to take lessons as far as bringing back some of the uniqueness and individual flavor of the yeah. classes i would be all for that and i think a lot of players would be for that like especially in retail going forward i think that would be that would be a good move on their part because it's it, it's part of what makes it really interesting is you had some really fun crazy unique builds back in what like in even up to like wrath of the yeah. king and burning crusade there were some no, no that's super that's why let's go back build. to wrath like wrath as i understand it is the end of all like that's the last expansion that had a lot of the stuff i as a player really love about world of warcraft like that's after that's when the challenge fees started changing, like if the story became less us versus them. I like it's at that point it extends beyond the lore of Warcraft three. Like it's obviously you can't end the successful Golden Goose at hey, we killed Arthas. I'm like, but you've killed the last big bad I care about. Oh, we're doing time travel stuff now. I don't care. Deathwing's back. Who? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean It'll be interesting to see, but I would be for, uh, I would definitely be for bringing back some of that uniqueness. Of yeah. So, um, that being said, we also have to go over a few more classic wild things Absolutely. before I kick it off here. Um, so of course, as with the whole, um, what is it? Uh, what was it? Oh, so, um, method. Big time streaming 
uh, guild and group part, well, who is also responsible for the recent Race to World First big streaming mm-hmm. events for the WoW raids. They decided to put on a first to 60 streaming event where who would be the first to get level 60 on Classic WoW. Hmm. So they put the, they went down to Vegas. They have a big old setup going on over there from what I was hearing. And they had like, you know, stream room set up and everything. And it was fucking cool. Uh, and they lost. Yeah. <laughs> womp womp. They, so, so allow me to tell you who lo- who won. Some no-name asshole bold- with no t- nothing but free time on their hands. So it was a speedrunner who is a meme machine and just trolls people, apparently. Oh, who is, like, who is it? Do you remember? His name is Jokered. I think I'm familiar a, with that. But He's a World of Warcraft streamer, and he was the first to become level 60 in Classic. So he reached it a few days ago. I think it was, uh, was it? He was on the Morgrain server in Europe at 1.40 p.m. Central Time today, August 30th. So he played for three days, 20 hours, and 40 minutes of classic release to get it. Dang. So he hit level 60 as a mage, and he made an ugly-looking mage gnome, like a gnome mage that was, like, balding or whatever. And he completely destroyed everyone else in the leveling game to hit first to 60. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So when he reached level 60, the next closest person to him uh, was 56. This mm. pleases me. Mm-hmm. So this big old, you know, method group and this and that. Nope. Uh, <laughs> he crushed them I, all. I, and in true... Hold on. Because this story is so fucking good. So he hit 60. Um, Then proceeded to try to delete the character because I guess the thing with speedrunners is once they're done, they just delete it and they're good yeah. to go. But he couldn't delete his character because people kept sending him mail on his character. <laughs> and you can't delete your WoW character if there's mail on, in, in the mailbox. <laughs> and after trying to delete his character for like, I think, 30 minutes but couldn't, he decided to just say, fuck it, logged off, and then took his stream on Twitch and hosted Method so they could watch the second place. Like, he, it's fucking great because this guy's just a big fucking meme machine. And he destroyed him. And I guess, like, you look into some of the stuff in his background, but he's been coming up with a speed run for leveling in Classic WoW for a while now on private WoW servers. And so even though they're not exactly the real thing, he came up with enough of a plan where he utterly destroyed world-first leveling from a big, <laughs> big... This pleases me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm... I really enjoy the fact that after all of the, like, how the fuck are streamers going to impact WoW Classic and shit like that bullshit, it was some ass. I was like, I'm going to beat the streamers who did it. I I really respect that. Nothing but respect for that guy. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, he's streaming right now. And if I show you his Twitch channel, you'll see what I mean by the Remember, we are an audio podcast, so we can't show people anything. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so but yeah um, oh, this pleases me there's gotta be so many streamers like man we were gonna get that and this guy's like nah classic wow belongs to the solo assholes bitches yeah and it just also speaks to the uh, 
to the fact that mages back in oh, Classic yeah. were so fucking yep. good. Mages and but, warlocks. So there was <laughs> so there was the guy who crushed world first classic sixties. And then I think yesterday in the afternoon, uh a European guild called Apes already has world first classic Ragnaros kill. Nice. So that's also a thing. But yeah, and I, and it's funny because people are like, "Oh my god, they got the first kill!" And I'm like, "I mean, if you think raiding in vanilla was fucking difficult, you 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 don't know vanilla WoW. Vanilla WoW raiding was not fucking complicated. Like, and that's been out for 15 years. There's definitely strats out there on how to do yeah. these things. So. I was gonna say, there's like shit you um, can look up on how to do those raids. Yeah, it's not if it's especially the way it is now. There's nothing tainted on it. So. Not hard, and not to mention rotations back in the day were fucking simple. Like you know what the rotation for for a mages on on the classic vanilla rating? It's like three buttons, isn't it? One bam frostbolt. Right. <laughs> All you do. Sometimes you polymorph something. Sometimes, yeah. Well, in a raid, you can't yes. polymorph anything. So, yep. Oh, you're a warlock. Hope um, you like dots. bolt spam. No, not even that. Because back in, I think in vanilla, oh right, they haven't there buffed dots limit. yet. That comes soon. Soon, warlocks well, rise to prominency. Well, it's also an issue because back in the day, there was a cap on how many debuffs a boss yep. would have. So putting dots on a boss would actually make your DPS lower overall as a guild or as a raid group because that debuff slot is being taken by something that doesn't buff the whole raid. Yeah. So dots are coming. All you would cap. I think all you would put is like. Curse of Weakness, some probably. curse of elements, curse of yeah, elements, of which I don't think is in the game anymore or something. But like, yeah, curse of elements. Oh no, and it's coming. Like I remember when curse of weak uh, elements got added. Like I think it's like okay, it's it's either curse of weakness or curse of elements, but it's something you put on them, and that's all you do is maintain that debuff and spam fucking shadow bolt. So get that yeah. imp. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah, uh, some fun classic WoW stuff is you already have people just crushing it. But doing how it many good. night elves are dancing on mailboxes for gold? I need to know these know numbers, you. Alex. I don't know, but I will say it's also been funny watching people level up because, like, in the starting zone for orcs, um, there is a scorpion you have to kill. Yep. People were literally lining up in like near the <laughs> zone where it spawns. And taking turns killing it so you can loot it. Because back then, there was no shared uh, loot or no yep. shared looting or shared mob kills. <laughs> it was if you tagged it first, it was yours. So you ha- literally have a line of like orcs in like level two gear standing in line <laughs> waiting to kill a fucking scorpion yep. over and over and over. I have heard a lot yeah. of people are making the cross map, uh, map track from like... um. The undead starting zone and the orc starting zone just to do Duratar. Not Duratar, um, Mulgore, because it's less people. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's insane. Yeah. Like, And then I guess the last thing I'll go into when it comes to all that stuff is just like the insane queue times. Uh, the, the whole thing with like waiting to get on and do your thing, but like. Yeah. Let's close out the WoW topic by reminding you that um, we thought we wanted this, and we didn't. 
and we weren't going to like it when we got it. <laughs> yeah, about that. Yep. So, oh wait, last update. Looks like there might have been already been a world first classic on Nixia. Oh, cool. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, classic WoWs. Just good yeah, Nax Ramus, I think, is when Warlocks get broken. Okay. Yeah. That's gonna be a while because that was end of yep. the vanilla experience. So uh, maybe it's a little before that. Um, I mean, they're still kind of broken because this is also during the time where there's no diminishing returns on CC, mm-hmm. so you can keep something infinitely feared, yep. or at least until you run out of mana. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, classic. Wow, I don't think I have any other thing to touch other than like, let's see, thank you times, world first numbers on Twitch. I'm missing any oh commercial. I talked about yeah, that. I think we covered all Even the if we haven't, we need to move on. We have other news we need to get through yeah. and we've definitely spent a lot of time on this. So I, let's burn through some of our fluffy pieces quickly. Um All right. Uh C D Project Red got out there and has said that they are committed to making more Witcher and Cyberpunk games in the future. It's not clear exactly what that means because remember, Gwent was technically a Witcher game. And there was also that mobile mm-hmm. uh, it was like it was like a story expansion for Gwent. Uh, most of what this means, though, is that the studio is capable of pursuing a dual development process, which means we won't go like five years in between major game release from them, which I like because I like their games. So far, they've made nothing but good games. I expect it's just an excuse to keep uh, Keanu Reeves around. So there's, and I don't blame them. We don't know if if uh, Johnny Silverhands <laughs> is going to be in Cyberpunk after Cyberpunk 2077. He should be, but uh, kind of branching off. He certainly off, will be if they can afford him. Probably, yeah. I think it all comes down to how well does Johnny Silverhand Like, if Cyberpunk 27 does really well and Johnny Silverhands becomes, like, Keanu's next iconic character, where like, it becomes the trifecta of Nero, John Wick, and Johnny fucking Silverhands. Could have been for a fun year. I'm excited for that game. Uh, kind of branching off the cyberpunk news for a quick second. Uh, CD Projekt Red got out there and kind of... Uh, I'm going to call this the end to all the kind of ongoing controversy on this topic. Maybe controversy is the wrong word. Uh, discussion probably is more accurate about kind of the concept of gender normity in the cyberpunk universe. You don't have to pick a specific gender at the start of the cyberpunk games, kind of in keeping with the theme and overall vibe of cyberpunk and in general not just the source material and the game itself but kind of the the modern interpretation of what cyberpunk means most people yeah the transhumanism yeah. thing and it's just like and the idea yeah of fluidity and so well, it's, it's, and... It's, it's the post-humanist angle like uh yeah keanu reeves's character johnny silverhands is a post-human character like he is no longer yeah. physically a real thing but yeah, I, and I'm glad that they finally just said, you know what? Let's lean into it. Let's actually embrace this, and this is going yeah. to definitely be a thing. And let's not let's let's not dance around on this yep. and trying to please, you know, please everybody in a certain sense. But, yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, you can choose your own body style, voices, and whatever, and choose not to choose a gender at all. And that's and I think that's good. I think that's really good it's weird like now that we're down this rabbit hole i kind of always like if they're gonna do this i want to have the option of character physically is x either mentally is y or started off as y i want that toggler now like it's 
and it's adding kind of an extra thing on top of that, but I think it adds to like a female bodied character with like the male voice, I think could be a cool choice for that game. Which is what you can do. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it, yes. I, I, as long as like, as long as the systems are there to fully support that concept, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's very cool. I'm glad that they're actually leaning into that one and not yep. like, not sort of dancing in line or hopping completely away from it. Yeah. Unlike other devs. Yeah. Uh, before we move on though, did you catch the deep dive trailer for that thing? No, it, it's they, they uh, put out 14 minutes of kind of more cyberpunk gameplay trailer. It looks really <laughs> good. That game looks cool. <laughs> that game still looks cool. Dude gets whipped with like laser neon wire at one point. Oh, <laughs> monofilament whips. Yep, it's like a long range hack too. You can like throw your port at people with that thing. <laughs> or grow them like that's cool. That's neat. Yeah, yeah. They, they showed off kind of the heavy solo character versus like the netrunner style character for that thing and. It's the thing oh, they showed off cool. at E3, and they showed it like they officially released it as part of Gamescom. It's neat. I will definitely have to check that yeah. out. It's very style. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that, um, uh, Valve and a couple other. Re- uh, let's take a step back. In the EU, specifically the EU, it is uh, it's a violation. I think it's illegal, technically, right? Maybe illegal is the wrong yes. word because it's the EU and not a specific sovereignty it violates eu rule to geolock games that are part of the eu basically meaning if a game is part of the eu it has to be available in all countries inside of the eu that is well i mean it has to be available but also you can't have you can't force people to buy it buy the german version and then buy the italian version yeah for chris mm. like like not having to buy it multiple times that's geolocking yep which is i mean which we're from the old consoles, we're pretty familiar with that in that, like, you couldn't play, like, a you know, Japanese Famicom game on an NES. I mean, there's there's a certain uh, geo-locking going on, and they even stretched on to the PlayStation eras. And, and to be fair, and like, further, most of the modern consoles are region-free at this point. Yep, yep. The last time they really did that was the PS2, the PlayStation 2 yeah. era. And where there are still geolock games, but yeah, the EU actually has regulations uh, that are essentially against that. And it turns out that um, a a big digital storefront for video games that uh, we've been talking about a lot lately has been garnering some controversy, and of which I mean Valve, not the Epic Game Store. That's what the story is about in this case, at least, has been in violation of this. I'm sure the Epic Game Store is also in violation of this, but. Any chance I can get to bring up the fact that Valve's not perfect, I'm going to make. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, They're not perfect, but yeah. Um, other companies involved are Bandai Namco, Capcom, Focus Home, uh, Cox Media, and Zenimax. And so, yep. They are looking to try to maybe settle the case, essentially, is what's going on. And so, yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, I mean... I, I I agree, especially in you know within a you know within a structure or a organization such as the EU, a, they and I've never agreed with region locking in general. I've always thought it was silly. It's like I remember all right. So like for my Saturn, I have a special just cartridge that slots in the back that allow that uh, allows me to fairly easily play 
yeah, I, it, it basically region unlocks it in a certain sense. And to do so for my Dreamcast, I had to use like a very, very sketchy boot disk to allow me to, to basically play any game on any game from any region on the console. I missed back when the PS2 region hack was like a spring you wedged into the um, closed top for the pop top uh, PS2. It stopped yep. the region locking from happening. Well, you, it allows you, you, you end up having to hot swap. Yeah. Which. It it's not great for your CD drive to be honest, like the hot swapping thing. But yeah, the uh, and that's what you had to do with the PlayStation One was well. I mean, if you didn't use a mod chip, and that's and the thing is, I mean, that's the thing. Like they've essentially gotten rid of a certain amount of pirating. We've been getting, getting around this for decades, literally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember when I the uh the solderless mod chip came out for the ps2 and it's just like yeah just pop this sucker in and now it's region free it's like why did we ever do this in the first place but anyway but yep yeah valve's not perfect <laughs> no where to go next uh got some destiny 2 news for you because fuck it why not we're getting a battle pass for year three uh it's part it's called the season pass it's Generally speaking, uh, speaking for the Destiny community, we're okay with this, so long as it works with cross-save. If not, we're not sure how we feel about it. I don't think it's... I don't know if it's going to work. I, th that's the problem a lot of people have. Like, it, It's unclear how this will work exactly, because we, we've already established like your content won't kind of transfer with you. The idea of this not kind of being a console-to-console -console or platform-to-platform -platform thing... That might be a deal breaker for some people, but also as someone who's slowly drifting into PC land as opposed to PS4, that's where I bought my Shadowkeep stuff for. I'm not sure I care that much. I, if, there's very much a wait and see aspect to this. I um, some people are out are a little upset about the fact that they are putting one of the new exotics as part of the path for this. I uh, I got kind of an ask I should have mentioned beforehand. There's a paid battle pass and a free battle pass. Everything on the paid battle pass is ultimately on the free battle pass. It, it just takes a hell of a lot longer to get to it. So, technically speaking, you're not locked out of content. And maybe that's how the cross-saving stuff will work, because it will credit itself back and forth. But uh, you do get some kind of extra stuff out of the paid one right at the start. That becomes, I believe it's available farther down the path. But it's the only one people seem truly upset about is the exotic. Everything else is kind of cosmetic-y stuff that doesn't necessarily impact the game, and Bungie's already gotten out there and said anything on this table will be available kind of down the road at some point from general loot pools, which is nice. But I, not enough is a not enough exists about this exactly just yet for us to have a meaningful conversation. Except, hey, Bungie put a battle pass in Destiny Two. Let's see how that plays out. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Apparently, a lot of changes are coming to the next season as well. Uh, yeah. So. They, they put out a post on it that just this past week. Uh, the season in, in general is just going to... It's going to roll out differently, and there's yep. there's some actually different interesting stuff going on. All right, so apparently it's going to have a more predictable structure and unique activities for the seasons. There's going to be four seasons instead of three, each ten weeks long. And, so, and you can buy into individual seasons yeah. instead of an annual pass. 
Uh, and they've talked about this previously. Like you can now buy all Destiny Two content piecemeal moving forward. Like you're not committed, yeah, to all of it. Like if something seems cool, you can jump in. If something seems lame, you don't have to buy in necessarily to kind of keep your character going. Um, that they're you know they're working with the whole fact that it's now you know free to play essentially. Only paid players will get access to certain things. Yep. So that makes that just makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised by that at all. But yeah, it's a, it, it is. Uh, they're definitely considering the fact that it's now that it's free to play. The structure, you know, needs a little bit of change. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean that's pretty reasonable. Battle passes are very common with free to play games. After like Dauntless has a pretty okay one. Yep. Yeah, but, I. Yep. I think we'll all come down to like the one I always compare it to in my brain is Fortnite is account-wide, like, no matter what platform you're on, you're making contributions to it. So long as they can make some system like that work, I think this is a a non-problem for most people. I I think if you find yourself being forced to buy multiple paid battle passes for it to kind of work the correct way, that becomes a problem, because then you're restricting people on the platform of kind of choice. For me, also, this caused the problem of, hey, as someone who's playing... They're PS4 characters universally. Should I have just bought all of my kind of expanded pass stuff for PS4 and then bought cheapy versions for PC? Or the fact that I bought the fancy version for PC and may or may not pick stuff up for PS4 down the road? How exactly does that work? They've been real bad about explaining how that whole system, how that relationship's going to work. I like It's weird because the cross-save for the most part works fantastically it just kind of works and it's great but yeah i don't think they no i don't think they either that's 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 both exciting and terrifying as a player yep yeah let's move on from that though to uh give an update on something we talked about last week uh i'm not sure we gave them points for it but we acknowledged the fact the developers of ion fury were uh fixing their game. They, they were taking some of the shit out and kind of not being shitty people. They have since backed down on that back down and claim <laughs> censorship after a whole bunch of just bullshit review stuff happened. I, Yeah, fuck you a little bit on this one, Ion Fury. Way to get into the trolls. Yep. They're still donating to the Trevor Project. That's which cool. Is the- which is fine, but I mean, I mean seriously, I mean that's the thing. Like, 3D Realms is still pretty much saying, "Yeah, we're we're the content was not approved by us. It's hands off on us." Yeah. But we don't want to, and I, I think this is fair for 3D Realms to say we don't want to force them into something, but we kind of will be. And the thing is, and but they actually threw it out also we may actually sever our relationship with these people in the future if they continue with this dumb hate speech stuff. Yeah, I, and like, here's the most... And, but I, I, I'm, I'm really glad that 3D Realms, I mean, their publisher didn't waver on this. They're like, you know, we don't want to come in and be like heavy-handed with our developers, you know, and be seen as just sort of, you know, the big company smashing down on. But also, if you continue this stuff, we'll just no longer be your publisher good luck with that yeah and like for me at least the shittiest part of all of this was hey we're making changes 
oh, the Steam people that played an hour of our game are saying shit that made us change our mind. No, you're just you're you're conveniently citing them because you don't want to do the work or you're mad you have to do the work. Like I, I get it, but also fuck you. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean seriously, it just shows that I mean they're like, oh, we're gonna blame it on a few reviews. All right, so let's just say that at this point, the the homophobes are in the minority. Yep. They just are. That's just a fact. And now you've given in to a hateful minority over the minority that's actually actually persecuted around the world. So most of this, yeah. most of this entire thing just reminds me that I don't think you should be allowed to write a review for a video game on Steam unless you've completed it or played a meaningful portion of it. Yeah, and you know, and that swings both ways. On like, you know. Yeah, to prevent trolls from just rolling in and, you know, negative, you know, you know, just slamming on something before it's out. And also to prevent bots from going, running in and, like, doing super praise of something. Yeah, I, I it... So, so the way it should go, just because I'm hearing this yeah. here, is this is how it should be tied to. There should be an endgame achievement that every developer should put on there. And you can't comment about the game review post-release until you have that achievement. Now, prior to release in a pre-release, you can put it you can put a review on there, but as an intro before you can even read the review, it says this review was put in before the game was officially released. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I, I'd be yeah. okay with that. I I, it's, that. And then you have it divided into two review realms. You have the pre-release realm and the post-release I realm, personally post think pre-release should go away once the game is actually released. But that's just yeah, or just arc, or just archive and locked yeah, away. I, and that's it. Yeah, like I, I think I, I think judging a that. game based on early access reviews, both positive and negative, is not an it's not an accurate way of portraying a game. Like think about how much shit you'll put up with from an early access game, like from a full retail game, you shouldn't put up with. Well, it's like remember what happened with uh, Captain Marvel on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It got it got review bombed before it was released, before anybody even even like early screenings that happened. It got like a a hate bomb, and it's just like, and and I'm not you know sitting here super you know defending the movie because I think it was fine. Yeah, but it certainly didn't deserve to be super review bombed before literally anybody had seen it. I mean, so. Yeah, it's like no. I think pre-release stuff shouldn't even pre-release reviews shouldn't actually be a thing. I, the fact Period. that you can have user reviews prior to a thing being available to the general public has to this day baffled my mind. Like it's yep, it just seems wrong. Mm -hmm. Well, it's obviously not going to be based on anything factual. Yeah. It, it, that's just, I mean, that's the thing. That's just the thing. It's just obviously not going to be based on anything reasonably factual. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's one of those ones where it's the, if you, like, on one hand, I believe everyone should have their chance to say a thing about a video game, but, like, yeah. if you cannot demonstrate that you have played a meaningful part of a video game, I don't give a fuck about your opinion, and you should not be considered as part of a review. Like, it's, the number of times on this podcast we have used the qualifier of I've played this game, here are my initial thoughts, but I don't yeah. have like, I haven't played enough to give a meaningful kind of a breakdown of it kind of thing. Like, yeah, 
that that is us qualifying ourselves and like we will fully go back and correct ourselves like alex's relationship yeah. with battle for azeroth i think is the perfect example of an evolving conversation as a thing evolves like battle for azeroth now talking about it is not a fair representation of battle for azeroth at the beginning and vice versa like if you had a like a review from now should not be applied to the first 10 hours of battle for azeroth and the first 10 hours of battle of azeroth are relevant but also like if you're just talking about end game it's like yeah those first 10 hours are problematic but like this is what the end game is well it's like i i talked about you know even more recent like when i talked about the bridge it's like i was like well i've only been through like the first set of levels the first time i talked about it. then yeah. the next time i talked about it, i said all right so i've played through a lot more of the game and it's still like you know and well with that game is still like no this is still a really good game but yeah i mean that's you sh i think a lot of reviews should be qualified with that and not enough are i think uh, but the you know I do see articles like on Kotaku and such that are definitely like all right so we're twenty hours into this game or these are my first impressions and it'll literally be the title first impressions of or you know I'm you know I'm now thirty hours into this game and this yeah. is what I think and no that, and if if you looked at the Ion Fury stuff it was people that had played like an hour of the game or something being like ten out of ten I'm like that's cool I don't believe you yeah. yeah. And for me, like with my review of Cultist Simulator, it's like, I, and I do like this on Steam, it does show how many hours you've played. It's like, I had played f almost five hours of that game before I made that, before I made that review. And so, and, and for the, for a short play game like that, where it's like, it's only going to be maybe up to an hour and a half at most to, for like a, if you actually manage to beat it, I think five hours is pretty fair. Yeah. Fair fair amount to give a game because that's the thing i was willing to give it a chance and keep playing and keep you know trying at it but yeah so but there again it's like you know i didn't play it for 20 hours or whatever apparently but in any case yeah i i do like the fact that that you can look at a steam review and it says this person has played this game for this many hours so you can take it with a grain of salt yeah but most somebody has like 10 that's the problem it's still not it's that those factors aren't weighted into the overall review score of the game no they aren't yeah. no they aren't and that's yeah yeah on to something fluffier yeah did y'all catch that nba 2k20s my team loot box system trailer oh. holy shit tone deaf well so i, I want to start this off by saying that um loot boxes are totally not gambling as much as <laughs> ad might make you think they are because there was absolutely gambling in this trailer. Uh, if you've not watched it, let me break it down for you. The trailer showcases what I assume are either real or fake streamers going through the surprise mechanics for NBA 2K20's system, of which which was definitely not a slot machine and definitely <laughs> not a pachinko machine and may or may not contain a shell game or roulette. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Hey kid, hey kid. Your team's pretty cool there, but it could be better. Play these slots. Let's let's build up that roster. Play these slots. Let's play some slots. Let's go raid your mom's wallet. Uh, Wait, that sounded more dirty than it was I, supposed to be. Yeah, a little bit, but that was not intended. I, so uh, it's like fuck. It's like now they've made it pretty much easy for like any any legislator to basically say 
just look at this commercial. Like literally, they put out a commercial uh, yeah. demonstrating that it's gambling. So, like, and well, this well gets, done. This work is even worse too. Where like it's one of those ones where it's the the defense of oh, it's just a commercial. Nah, that's gambling, if you will, or implementing a reality-based surprise mechanic, I would happily wager that whatever the fuck that system is in NBA 2K is exactly what they were showing off. That wasn't some fake graphical representation of the joy that comes from getting that character you want so bad or something. Yeah. Like, that is in the game, obviously, and... Yep. We've all played video games with casinos in them and shit like that. Like, I, yeah. One of the greatest comments that I came across upon reacting to this in my brain was someone pointed out the fact that the GTA casino trailer, that's just a straight up casino in that game, feels less like a casino in a game and just straight up gambling than the 2K one does. <laughs> yep. Yeah, like it. Take it a little bit broader for a sec. A lot of criticism of this trailer specifically has been that it is almost a kind of shot-for-shot remake of every trailer you see for a real-world casino Mm. just done with, like, kind of streaming styles and digital interfaces. Like, it's it's people winning. Like, they never show anyone losing. It's all the joy you could be experiencing. Like, they never say gamble as part of it. It's like, look at all the fun you could be having. Winning. Fun, happiness, serotonin, win a horse, <laughs> eat that horse. You know, normal casino shit. Yep. It, not much more to say on this one except, holy shit, was that tone deaf, but... Yep. EA Sports. Is that EA Sports? This is a box. I thought that was no, 2K. that's 2K. Yeah. Yeah, it's 2K. Whatever they're, I just wanted to say EA because they're the pioneers of the shitty loot box, uh, team sport no. bullshit. So I feel that like we should just officially propose the slogan change from EA Sports in the game to EA Sports. It, it's in the loot so box. to your point, like I think it's important to bring up the fact that like we love to blame EA for this shit. 2K, another major publisher of sports games. Oh yeah, equally no, they're, shitty they're about it. Dunking it right now. It's like last year when it was between Blizzard and... No, no, it was Activision, Blizzard, and what was the other company? Oh, uh, Bethesda, fighting for who could be the shittiest yeah. company doing the shittiest things last year. This year, it's a competition to the team sport uh, developers or publishers. So, it's uh, you have EA, which normally dunks on people with yeah. Lupa and their shitty loot box design. But now 2K is like, I, I want a piece Man, of that Man, I cannot pie. wait for our game awards this year. Like... It should have been EA's division to win for, like, fuck up, like, most, like, evilest thing of the year, but, like, Activision (laughs) comes out strong, 2K comes out strong, fucking THQ Nordic comes out of nowhere, they're like, yo, we're gonna go real weird and real far. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's what we need. Let's just, let's let's have these sports teams still dunking and doing all this dumb shit. Yeah. Fun. Appreciate you guys. Yep. Thank you for giving us content to bitch about. Indeed. I appreciate that Indeed. much. <laughs> uh, next up for our, kind of our last of our lightened, no, no, maybe second to last of our lightened fluffies, if you will. Maybe third last. 
Uh, Yakuza 7 got announced. It's doing a bit of a different thing. It's not quite clear how pervasive this change is, but it's at least some of the combat's going to be kind of a JRPG Persona-style turn-based con uh, combat thing, uh, which I'm okay with because, sure, fuck it, why not? I Most important, though, from the Yakuza 7 trailer is the uh, main character's new hair. You're no longer playing as Kiryu. You're now playing as a dude with straight-up clown hair, and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has some very special hair. Oh, I... I yeah, I... Very I, special hair. I'm a little surprised we're getting the Yakuza 7 this soon after Judgment, but also... Sure, fuck it, why not? Like, I, I like... Yeah. I, I, I definitely enjoy the Yakuza franchise more than I enjoy Judgment, ultimately, so... Well, the Judgment's bad, but yeah. it's not Yakuza. But yeah, it looks... It looks like a... Yakuza game. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a Yakuza game. It's definitely like well, Yakuza so dudes in suits. Did you with pick weapons. up on how they're justifying Yakuza Zero style in a modern Yakuza Yakuza game? Uh, no, I didn't. So pick that up. trailers I saw are only in Japanese, so I can only kind of infer what I can get off of visuals and mild translations. The impression I've gotten is the guy you're playing has been in jail essentially since like, 70s Japan, which is why he's oh. walking around in 70s Japan fashion in that trailer, which I think is a real oh. cool thing. That's kind of hilarious. Yeah. Like, in his game, like, again, like, based purely on what I was kind of capable of piecing together, it seems like you went to jail because honor and for the good of the gang, and the gang just totally fucked you over upon getting out, and, like, stuff has come out, and now you're, like, making your own gang, and, like, you're still, like, in flashy 70s style which i am super okay with yep yeah i like i like the clash that i see just in the i mean in what i see in the just the you know the gameplay yeah. so far just the styles it's yeah. cool i like it that game's always had style yes yeah thank you sega weird to be saying that super weird to be saying <laughs> that uh, esports, uh, our, our esports news of the week, if you will. Uh, we have our fist, uh, not our fist, our first official case of uh, gambling slash match fixing in esports. Why do I say official? Because it's been fucking going on for years now. As long as esports existed, yeah. match fixing has yeah. been a thing. But mm -hmm. we now have our first kind of full blown investigatable match fixing gambling scandal yep yep i mean australia has been taking a pretty hard line on this and they 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 basically said yeah we're we're we've been taking gonna take this as seriously as we take match fixing in any sports here and so yeah six people have been arrested so and there's actually the sporting integrity intelligence unit that exists as well as, uh, which was a, an ill's combined raid along with the Organized Crime Intelligence Unit. So, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah I mean, it does, That's... it's not surprising in a certain sense, but, I mean, they're going after it hardcore, so. These things yeah. just always yeah. make me think of, like, cut to them in jail, it's like some, like, biker gang dude sitting next to one of the guys. What are you in for? Oh, multiple murders, assault, and... Uh, arm possession. What are you in for, man? I I've I I fixed a match of esports. E what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Totally see it. Fucking hilarious. I, the idea of that 
scenario is hilarious. But yeah, no, I hope they do go after these guys because fuck that. It's it's illegal in rural sports. It's illegal if you fix shit in the fucking esports setting. So fuck them. Indeed. And last but not least of our fluffy news this week, um, we're gonna talk about Warframe. Warframe, that game Charlie plays when he's not playing Destiny Two. Ah, <laughs> uh, so uh. Warframe recently added a guitar. It's a mandolin, technically, isn't it? It looks like a lute. Yeah, a, a stringed, strum-based instrument that's held aloft in a jaunty minstrel style as opposed to like a harp or a piano or something. Uh, it's It adds kind of a Guitar Hero-style mode to it. I've seen lots of fun videos of people like doing Fire in the Flames in-game and stuff like that. That's neat is amazing yeah and and i have to say just with the whole style of the game is just the the you know the big mech suit you know playing guitar it just looks so cool to me it just looks awesome but so then this actually feeds into a larger topic surrounding warframe right now and um this venture is slightly into youtuber and streamer bullshit zone but i think it's it's an important thing to talk about in context of Warframe at this point because I didn't know this was going on. Kind of this is how we pay attention to the games we pay attention to. But I really found myself scrolling through a flood of both partnered and unpartnered Warframe content creators just flat out saying, hey, I'm parting ways with Warframe for these reasons. Like It got bad enough I had to track down a video to explain to me why the fuck lots of people were mad, and I guess for a lot of people, the guitar is the thing that broke someone's back. From the outside looking in, the guitar looks unbelievably cool to people like me, Henry, and Alex. It's fun, it's silly, like, it looks cool to have this kind of neat ninja robot playing a guitar. That's fun yeah. and dumb. Yep. But, like, this is the first major, like, this is a major update to a game that has a long backlog of completely useless warframes like several like completely garbage guns at this point like the the game for a long time has had an uncomfortable conversation about how much of the game is actually actively geared towards just straight monetization of the game and as someone who has come back to that game a couple times and found the game completely just shaken up where i could not in theory acquire guns i had at the kind of master rank level i was at because they just changed the systems altogether, it kind of makes a weird amount of sense that people might be upset about this. Like I, the narrative around this game is like, so Railjack is the next big thing coming out, and it's being hyped up in ways that all the previous expansions have been. And don't get me wrong, like the the fields of whatever it was called in Fortuna, like the two open world things the game added, are undeniably cool. But also, they're just open world zones. If they have stuff, they're not doing anything Grand Theft Auto or Destiny 2 or kind of really any other game that's got a free roam aspect to a loot shooter kind of thing going on hasn't done prior. Like, hell, I've, the From Ashes game I'm playing right now, despite having relatively kind of pathed off areas, still occasionally feels more free roam than those games do because the world feels a little bit more alive, but also because it's kind of corridor-esque nature feels more directed. Hmm. I, it, it, it's fascinating to follow Warframe, I guess, for me, because that's a game that like seems to run exceedingly hot or cold as a community, and it's got a surprisingly toxic community that's 
both unbelievably welcoming and very quick to just jump on the hate train the moment anyone kind of criticizes that game, which means we might get some fun email next week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, like it, it's... Uh, for me, it's one of those words where like, the guitar seems to have been the breaking point for a lot of hardcore fans of that franchise that all they want is new content. Like, as cool as we thought that Warframe fighting game thing they added, or the dog days, which was like a beach party thing, that's fun, silly stuff, but at the same time, like, if that was the first major thing you'd added to WoW in, like, four months or something, when you had, like, a bunch of big problem things going on in the background still, like, if if a bunch of classes in WoW were still broken and they kept adding more classes every update and weren't really readjusting any of the existing stuff that people had paid for, bought into, had collected, or whatever, that would indeed suck. And, yeah, it's... It's really weird, because Warframe seems to be going through some of the growing pains Destiny 2 did at launch of Destiny 2, which was enough to kind of make me stop playing Destiny after playing way too much Destiny 1. And it seems to be kind of having that same effect on a bunch of people that have been making like their livelihoods off of Warframe. And like the weirdest thing for me is that almost all of these I'm quitting Warframe videos bring up Remnant from Ashes, so Apparently mm. that game appears to appeals to Warframe people, so if you're thinking about quitting Warframe, go check out that game, I guess. But, yeah, I, I'm i not sure what I wanted to say exactly as part of talking about this, but I thought it was important to talk about kind of the weirdness going on on that game right now. Because mm. on one hand, yeah, the guitars are super cool. Yeah, that is, that is bizarre, yeah. I mean... I wonder if we're going to hear some sort of behind-the-scenes stories I, so of why that's happening. You but joke... Whatever. But, like, the, like, just absolute flood of 0 to 100 Warframe content in my social media and YouTube and stuff like that had me going, like, dear God, what the fuck happened to DE? Like, did, like, did someone <laughs> kill someone on stage or something? Like, did some giant scandal drop? Like, I, I, there was, like, I was telling the guys before, and, like, I was scrolling through YouTube on my phone, and I hit a block one day, I think it was, like, two, uh, Wednesday or Thursday of last week. I was scrolling for a solid, like, 10, 15, 30 seconds of nothing but, like, different videos from independent YouTubers just proclaiming, I'm quitting Warframe. And, like, it was all like, man, this came out last, last like, two goddamn days. What the hell has been going on? Like, I, it's one yeah. of those ones where, like, it was, it was such an outcry from people visible enough on YouTube to get into my, new, into my feed for YouTube. And I'm like, did they just like say like, and now we're siding with Hitler or something as part of a live stream or something? Like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. <laughs> this was some like Bethesda Fallout 76 bullshit outcry kind of stuff going on. Yep. And no, it wasn't, but also like, kind of makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure like this is only a minor sampling of a certain group of the Warframe community but it was like in my face enough I could not avoid it like the point where I was like it's like, what the hell happened I know the Amazon's on fire but man what the hell's up with this Warframe shit hmm. alright so our, our two kind of heavy hitter topics we have left this week um, which do you guys want to do first do you want to talk a shambling corpse or horrible behavior first let's let's I, I'd say start out with a smaller one, the Telltale game. Sure, Telltale our games. shambling corpse, if you will. Yep. Yeah. Our shambling zombie. I, yes. Well, so I, I got I got good news. 
Telltale Games is back. Sort of. Uh, So Telltale Games, in kind of name alone, has been resurrected without, as of right now, anyone from Telltale Games previously being involved. Uh, This is not that weird of a thing. Yes, that's the correct reaction to be having on this one. So (laughs) this sounds a lot weirder, actually, than it is in some ways. Uh, This is akin in some way. This is is kind of what happened with THQ Nordic. The name THQ is an important name in video games. It has history. It has weight, et cetera, et cetera. And when THQ was going Mm -hmm. out of business, Nordic Games swooped in and bought the name THQ. That's essentially what's happened in this case, too, where it's like, the idea behind buying Telltale Games is to continue publishing the backlog of Telltale Games for as many as the company's capable of purchasing. So there's no breaking continuity. It's no longer like the wolf among us, a Telltale game presented by super rad awesome game devs. It's, it's trying to kind of keep the brand cohesive. And as part of that, like there are some IPs in if you have divide out the IPs of Telltale into kind of various categories. There are a couple IPs they could still do more with that did unbelievably well. I'm talking the Borderlands ones, the Walking Dead ones, which they can no longer use because they're owned by I think it's Starbreeze now or something. They're by another company. Mm-hmm. But like Borderlands, Batman, uh, Wolf Among Us. They're, they're, they they have games that people have been clamoring for follow-ups to. Like I personally love the Batman games they've done. They're fantastic Batman games. The Borderlands game is also fucking fantastic. Wolf Among Us was good, but like maybe don't bother with licenses for like I don't know Guardians of the Galaxy or that Minecraft thing again. Those were bad. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, kind of with that all that being said, I uh, Telltale Games has been resurrected. I'm trying to find the people behind it. Um. um all right. So uh, it's, a- it's a group. Sorry. Go ahead. So yeah, it's a. Um. It's a company... Alright, so... Uh, one of the main kind of people behind it was at least uh, one person who's kind of just... Yeah. Uh, Alright, so one of the companies is a subsidiary of a Chinese holding company who's a shareholder and a publishing partner. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so... Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the main, actually, peop- like, sort of the funding behind yeah. it. Yeah. And I believe that the people um, that bought the majority of the Telltale Games rights at this point. Yeah. Like, uh, as part of that, there was a big sell-off, and they were gobbling up those options, essentially. Yeah. Oh, one thing I also did hear about it is they are trying or considering to hire back some of the people you Yes, work, so that's where it But gets... only on a contract yep, basis that's without the any part. of their previous benefits. And, you know, none of the... Yeah, none of, none of the... Yeah, it's like... Yeah, welcome back, except we're not going to give you anything that you used to have. Yeah, so, so I that kind of goes back to the in-name alone aspect of things. There has been some talk about yep. trying to bring back some previous Telltale people, which this has got to be complicated for, because in theory you could come back and be a Telltale employee, which, free of some of the toxins that seem to plague that studio, I've, I've referenced them before. Uh, uh, yep. Death of the... There's a, there's a, fantastically researched YouTuber other than something called Death of the Games or Death of a mm, Game. Yeah. And he has a fantastic yeah. breakdown of what happened at Telltale that I'm sure there's extra nuance to it in the real world, but like if you're looking for the story of why Telltale is no more, 
that it's probably a great kind of 17 minute resource to understand the story there but like it's it's gross mismanagement it's ego it's kind of a shell game going on where they would sign projects to keep the company going on where basically the the approach was if we keep getting money to do projects we can use that to pay employees for stuff they're already working on which i'm not sure it's illegal but it's a real bad business strategy yep does if something falls through you fucked but yeah shall have to wait and see on this one so on to yes. our 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 big topic which ooh yeah so um this past week we just basically had the video game me too movement i i thought that's been going on like i think the riot thing has been part of that like Oh yeah, we've had yeah, another absolutely. round, I guess, of it. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to say this has been an ongoing topic, and people have not been making strides, both positively and negatively, on this topic. But we had a variety. Oh yeah, I think it's like we have what three instances, four instances? No, no, six. Oh, six. Sorry, I, I, I missed a couple then. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. All came out this week. Yeah. And so, essentially, I mean, if you didn't kind of get the what we're saying is so basically, you know, sexual. Uh, sexual harassment, sexual mix- misconduct. Several kind of prominent people in the video games industry have been accused and, in many cases, co- you know, corroborated by by multiple people reporting on yeah. it. So, so as far as I can tell, the first one that kind of started the newest sort of stream was, um, all right, so. Uh, Natalie Lawhead, who uh, basically uh, uh, did a retelling of of her rape and called out her rapist, and she identified Jer- Jeremy Soul, Jeremy Sole. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Doesn't anyway, matter. He worked on Bethesda. He's a musician that worked, a uh, composer that worked on. The Elder Scrolls franchise, so all that music mm. is kind of his, and then lots of other games. But yeah, uh, she went into pretty, like, you know, obviously very disturbing detail onto how that all went on and how yeah. how absolutely awful it was. And it's just like, oh, and it just, it just, this, just the description of it all is just awful, awful. It just, I just, blows me away and it's just it's it's terrible yeah and and so that kicked off well so and this uh, is where and this is where the story gets kind of uh, strangers maybe the wrong but more nuanced so the initial accusations are like 11 years old at this point yeah which were then kind of further not collaborated with but like an additional set of accusations that are far more current were then yep. kind of it's, inspired by maybe motivated or kind of aided by this being out there by another woman who's now come forward since then Mm -hmm. add kind of onto this yep so yeah so this makes two people that have accused uh jeremy soul yeah and so yeah so that's ah yeah uh vocalist a vocalist uh Errol Brighton yeah. is the second person to to accuse Jeremy Soul, and oh god, the whole story is just like a horror show. But it's like it's it's it it plays out like like a lot of cases like this. So I mean, 
I kind of don't doubt it at all. I mean, it just sounds like, yeah, this sounds horribly familiar, horrifyingly familiar with the way this played out. And just, ah, uh, yeah. But yeah, that's, so that, so, but that was sort of the, you know, that started it off, and so it, it gave, I mean, that's the thing, it, it gave some other people, some other women in the industry, and other people in the industry, the kind of, I guess, a sort of support, a feeling of support, of solidarity, of like, to share their stories, and to bring out and yeah. open, and to call out these fucking assholes, these gross fucking assholes. And so the next, kind of the next thing that came up was uh, Zoe Quinn, who we know as being the target of harassment by uh, a gamer gamer gamers. Fame, if you will. Yeah. Infamy, mm-hmm. maybe, is the right word. Yeah. Um, and so she, uh, she is accused accusing Alec Halalka. And so that one started a... So that one started a sort of an avalanche because as soon, when she put out her post, it got corroborated almost immediately by multiple people. So many people that the studio was like, we're immediately cutting ties yeah. with this guy. Like, immediately cutting ties with him. And and this is a, this is a, a, a developer, there again, another developer who's, you know, pretty famous, like, made some major games. and But yeah, the, the studio's like, immediately like, all right, we just got like ten more reports in because of this. We're out, and yeah, so, well, so yeah, you're out. Unfortunately, good on them on taking immediate, like taking it seriously, and then like essentially, but yeah, it's horrifying that that took her coming out for the multiple other reports coming out. You know, that's what breaks my fucking heart yeah. is the fact that it took it kind of had to take somebody putting themselves especially somebody that has been attacked so often as Zoe Gwynn has. And, and, and we're definitely kind of and now gearing up to, another round of game. for her to put herself too. in the spotlight like that again and to, to you know, to to bring it out again. Yeah. And to, but yeah, uh, at least the the team is, you know, the team immediately is like, yeah, we're, we, we're horrified by this and we're immediately cutting ties on this one. So, so this this story with the Alec guy takes an even more crazy yeah. twist. Uh, yeah. Uh, apparently, he killed himself. Wait, what? What? When that happened? Uh, that, that today, oh shit! Today, actually, he killed himself. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm looking at it now. Holy crap! Yeah. So that happened. That's like a real interesting yeah. twist. Yeah. So. Yeah. That that whole night in the woods, crazy, like, the whole shit with Zoe Quinn. I was looking through the article yeah. on it, and I'm like, wait a minute, what the fuck? And I was surprised, because the article that we have on our docket doesn't have yep. that. So I was like... It does... Alright, so one thing about it does remind me of something that I don't like. Alright, so this this is a side note, and this is, this is... But I feel like this is worth breaking up. So... Because it came up also in 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 a big way when it came to uh, the 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 guy that used to be with uh, again I don't even want to actually mention it again but in any case when other people will come out to defend the person that did the attacking thing and being like he never did anything to me he was always nice to me yes abusers are often nice to a lot of people other than the people they abuse yeah. 
that is a that is an actual actual fact that abuse a lot of these very abusive people usually generally didn't abuse literally everybody they knew. That's one of the reasons they were able to get away from with it for so long. It's often a targeted system. Yeah. And exactly. so if they were they would be, you know, awesome and amazing to a lot of people, but there would be their targets of abuse that would get it. But you know what? I'm sick of I'm really sick of this sort of outpouring of sort of support for people that have been absolutely like yeah, this this definitely happened. They're like, oh no, but he was nice to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the common. That's literally the pattern. You don't get it, but that's 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 basically what's happened here with with uh, Alec as well. It's like his sisters come out like, oh, he was a great person, this kind, wonderful person that was also abused. You know what? A being abused doesn't give you a fucking license to abuse other people. No. You piece of fucking shit. It doesn't. It just fucking doesn't. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Lots of people on this earth have been abused. Lots of people on the and mo and the vast majority of them don't go on to abuse other people because of how fucking horrible it was. So that's not an excuse. But B, yeah, I, yeah, it does. Just because they were nice to other people doesn't mean that they weren't secretly a fucking monster. So, yeah, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's. So yeah, I just had to speak on that because I I see this already happening with him. You know, and and I get it that you know that some of the people that knew him. You know that the fact that he's committed suicide are definitely will be sad, especially the people yeah. that you know. It would be the people that he didn't abuse will be sad and be wondering why. But it's like, no, this guy had like multiple people reporting in on him in the end, and so yeah, you you treat people that shitty. I mean, don't expect my sympathy. D just don't yeah. and don't don't ex and. Yeah, and yeah, don't and, and I hate all these people. Oh no, he was nice to me. Yeah, that's the pattern. That's that's how it works. That's how people get away with it for years. But yeah, but yeah, I I didn't yeah, but yeah, but that's my commentary on that. Just very quickly looking up what happened there. But yeah, um, so but yeah, that's that's you know that's in what we're talking about is still only the tip of the iceberg on the amount that came out this week. So. Um, uh, Mina Veneer, a uh, at of Black Force Games, uh, brought back a thread she had talked about a year ago, but now she's actually named her assailant. And so, and it's because, and she's, and this one, uh, and Mina Veneer in particular came out and said, yeah, it's because these other people coming out and telling their stories have given me the courage to come out and name my accuser. Um. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, uh, so another person that got, that's gotten, uh, gotten caught up, or gotten accused, Alexis Kennedy, um, uh, Why does that name sound familiar? Who, uh, um, yeah, multiple against, uh, Alexis Kennedy, worked on Fail Better Games, and Weather, what was against Weather Factory, worked with both of those studios, mm. um, and uh, so, to, uh, basically, she tweeted to basically talk about, yeah, me and other people have also said this. And now, and, and in that case, another person, Olivia Wood, has now backed up those claims, saying that she experienced very similar predatory behavior. So, Emily Short, another person. So, that's two, that, so that's three people now 
uh, that are they're accusing Alexis Kennedy um, of of yeah of predatory behavior, sexual harassment, sexual assault, and so of course he denies those allegations. Says, "Oh, they were fully consensual relationships." Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. No, I doesn't sound like it. Well, All right. So, so one 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 is a surprise. Two is 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 thought provoking. Three is a pattern. And we also have to throw down the kind of disclaimer here, which these are all allegations, and we are not full time reporters. We can only go on what we can find on the internet. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. what we can kind of infer right. based and, on our own and, judgment. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not condoning any of these actions, but I will say it is also guilt or innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not to say that it's not wrong and that there should be some sort of investigation like there absolutely should and there should be some consequences if they're found guilty but yeah we're going off of what we have reported and so legally it's innocent until proven guilty. all right so more um uh alchemy labs marketing director autumn rose taylor has uh reported accusation of sexual harassment against oculus co-founder michael antonov and so, and that was a, a one in particular case. Um, um, so, but that one got corroborated there again. Yeah. It's like another, well, it, I mean, another person came a in. A lot of these were very fast to be corroborated. Like that's, that, that's kind of the more, da- that's the most damning mm-hmm. part of this. Like it's, yeah. I don't think Other any, people have... yeah, none of these are sole accusations as far as I can tell. They all have at least one other person stepping up to add on to an accusation. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the next one for against uh, Michael Antonoff was Katie Kiranos. Kiranis. I butchered that name. I can't say it correctly. Previously worked at Oculus and has basically is following up. Yeah. She was like, "Yep, that was also what happened to me." Um. A. Uh, so uh, Florence Dev lead Tony Kakuluzi. He has a. He has a. a uh, Tony Kokalusi has accused Ken Wong, creative director at Florence Developer Mountains, of emotional abuse towards developers working at his studio, particularly junior developers, including Kokalusi himself. Abuse, whether sexual, emotional, physical, or verbal, should never have a place in a professional in, in, an envi- in a professional environment. Tweeted Kokalusi. So, and then this time, this case, the person in particular admitted to it and have issued a public apology. So uh, so Ken Wong has issued a public apology for the pain and hurt he inflicted and admitted there are a lot of things I should have done better. I'm truly sorry for the pain I caused, uh, hurt I caused, and he's carried with him since. Yep, this was my failure as a leader, as a co-worker. So, you know, at least in this case, so this is the only case that it's so far where the person has actually admitted to it and has put out a public statement. And a lot of the stuff broke that. on like Thursday, Friday of last week, so maybe yeah, the week this following was a flood. this. Week. Yeah. This was a flood. Yeah. I'm sure we'll so, hear more about this in the upcoming week or so. This is, I mean, this is, I mean, it's unsurprising that it's taking place in any industry. I mean, it's like people who, and this is, all right, so I'm just going to throw this out there. People who like that they say that feminism isn't needed anymore. It's you know, it's everything's equal now. Women have everything. It's all fine now. Is it though? 
and the people who act like sexual harassment in general isn't a thing. It's yeah, like, I, it's is is it is it though? Is it done though? No, obviously not. And it's not going to happen. It's not. I mean, it's not going to stop until we continue to call it out and and drown it out of our culture and completely smash it out of our culture. Yeah, I I will use the example of while I have not been on the receiving end of said harassment. I work in an industry that is, I don't want to say rampant with it, but like there are, it's a bit of a known problem occasionally, and it often kind of circles around large personalities in the industry, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I don't work in video games. I work in an industry that typically people think of as like exceedingly family friendly, and it's not a shit happens, but like shitty people are kind of everywhere to a certain extent, and. Like, you have old guard, and you have a variety of people that are insecure, and a, there's a whole variety of causes to these instances that you would not expect in X, Y, or Z industry that totally are there, unfortunately. Like, it's, this isn't a video game thing, this isn't a feminism thing, this is just a societarial issue at this point that's easier to ignore and look away from and act like doesn't exist than kind of deal with the fact, like, I... I think it kind of to a weird top place for a quick second here. Like the, the the fact that we have talked about how Borderlands Three is now kind of a maybe not political decision on its purchaser part, but definitely something you should be aware of and think about, kind of in context to what that game is now in the broader spectrum of things. Like you are technically yeah. you, you are funding Randy Pitchford being Randy Pitchford, maybe not directly, but like you are, for better or worse, buying into support whether you intend to or not because you just want to play a video game of a larger topic kind of thing. It's, yep. for better or worse, video games have now arrived at the point where it's not just about, do you like this game? Like, we talked about Ion Fury earlier where, like, that that that, pub, that, that developer will not make a game I will probably ever buy ever again. Like, fuck. I thought about buying Ion Fury out of pure curiosity and stopped myself because I don't want to be part of that at this point. Like it's, and I'm lucky enough to have the kind of luxury that I can do that. And like, if for whatever reason you were really looking forward to Ion Fury, a Y B, supporting that game is now a choice. It's not just a choice about whether or not you're buying the game. It's a choice about now you know about the bullshit surrounding it. Are you okay with that or not? And you don't get, and like, yes, you get to pick and choose when you are or aren't, but you also don't because if Ion Fury does really well, they'll make an Ion Fury 2. And like, well, we have to stay what made Ion Fury 1 good. We have to stay true to the Ion Fury brand, which is problematic. Yep. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, you know, in a certain sense, you know, I'm, I, I want, you know, more of these stories to actually be brought to the public light and be properly investigated and, you know, and for, and there for the consequences. But of course, I still remain absolutely horrified that we're, that, you know, when I actually read the stories and I hear about them, it just, yeah. I mean, all right. So what I was trying to think about earlier was like when Chris Hardwick got, got accused of, of it by, uh, by somebody who's today, uh, Chloe Dykstra. Chloe Dykstra, and uh, yeah. and then his sister and like his current spouse both came out and like full support. Like, oh no, he's never done this to us. Yeah, that's, that's cool. 
yeah, that's nice to hear. I'm glad that you're not getting it now. I mean, I am glad of that, but that doesn't mean he didn't do it before because that's how abuse works. They don't abuse literally everybody I know. They know that's that's way less common than the person who only has a target of their abuse. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I salute the bravery because it's not like the people coming forward, they're not getting anything out of this. And that's In fact, they're making thing their lives like, worse with some frequency. Like I, <laughs> oh, with some frequency? No, with every single time. It's yeah, like they're, they're, they they immediately immediately become the target of abuse, of online and even offline abuse. Yeah, the, the fact that Zoe Quinn would put herself back in the spotlight for this a second yeah. time, like knowing what happened to her last time, like they, that, that's she didn't impressive. gain anything from it. Yeah, that certainly didn't help her. Yeah. I mean, it definitely hasn't gone away either. And that's the thing that kind of makes me more likely to believe, especially the stories where there's multiple people coming out against the same person, that these aren't people that are gaining anything from it. They're not like they're gaining the type of fame that they don't want. I mean, and it's not pleasant to talk about these things. It's not. It's. It's not pleasant to talk about trauma and tragedy, your own trauma and trauma and tragedy, and it's, and it's certainly not making them money. They're not making big money. They're not getting. There's no fame or notoriety to be gamed off this. Just extra. Not any yeah. good. Yeah, nothing good. And so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I'll just say I salute their bravery in coming out with these stories. I mean, because obviously, as we saw here, one person being brave about it cause an avalanche of people willing to tell their story. That's what happened, you know, last year with the in in Hollywood. It's like yep. one story and then everybody else is just finally feels empowered to finally tell their story. That's usually ignored and has been ignored for for just way, 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 way too long. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna do it for news this week if we're comfortable closing it out on that note. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if there's any comfort. Comfort's on... probably the wrong word. Yes, if we feel we've said what we <laughs> yeah, need to. Yeah, but I. Yeah. Yeah, comfort's definitely the wrong word on that one. Uh, we have no emails this week, unfortunately. But if you wanted to send us an email in response to anything we've talked about, or just general questions or idiocy, or you saw a cool-looking hat you want to send us a picture of, how would you go about doing that, Alex? Uh, it's very simple. You would go ahead and pull up the client of your choosing for email, and the address you would type in to send it would be wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's that email again, Henry? That is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. So as it sounds, down the show notes, except to raw, except to raw. Um, I'm going to throw out the blanket disclaimer this week of if you have something constructive to send in, Cool. If you just want to flame at us, I will probably block you. Just throwing <laughs> that one out there. Yeah, I. Uh, the people of this podcast have been really good about the stuff they send in being constructive, or oh yeah, just kind of being we, 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 yeah. We've we have, we we have fantastic listeners, yeah. honestly. And as always, please tell your friends if you think they might like us. But yes, I. I've I've been ongoingly impressed by how we've talked about some controversial stuff on this podcast and no one's wrote in to be like, you know, you're wrong because. Bleh. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, like, you know, polite disagreement yeah. is what we've gotten. Not, not, not flame. Yeah. So no, thank you for that. Thank you so much. We for that appreciate robot. conversations, not being flamed at for lack of a better phrase. But yeah. yeah. Anyone got anything they want to say before we close it out for this week? Um, you can catch me uh, streaming on twitch.tv slash maveonline, mixer.com slash maveonline, facebook.com slash maveonline, uh, gaming.youtube.com slash maveonline, and on social media is maveonline. I, now that I'm up and running, you, you'll see some WoW stuff, of course, but definitely we'll be seeing some Destiny You want to say thing. the John Wick quote? Which, People which keep asking me if I'm back. People keep asking me if I'm back. I have returned, guys. <laughs> Is that it? No, no, it's not, but I'll... I'll fuck it, oh. why not? That's, that's, that's the <laughs> Alex version of a John Wick quote. It's like, you'd be in some bar fight, and you'd be like, People keep asking me if I'm back. And yeah, I, I guess I am. Yep, I'm back. <laughs> Unicorn suit. <laughs> I have uh -huh. returned. For better or worse. Anything from you, Henry? Um, You can catch me as Kraken Zero on social media. That is on Instagram and on Facebook. That is Z-E-R-0. And as Nomad Har on Twitch. And I haven't, still haven't been really streaming. I'm still trying to figure out what my schedule should be and what I'm going to stream. But in any case, that's 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 how to keep track of what I'm doing when I actually bother to post. Yeah, and I'm not sure if I've ever actually mentioned my stuff on this thing ever. Uh, most of my social media is still MORD4K because changing it over has been a pain in the ass. But all my gaming stuff now is MOR is MORDAK undivided. Because I made that change. Um, if you like dog photos, follow my Instagram. That's about the thing oh, I did at this are, point. They are some of the best dog photos ever. I have a just great have photogenic dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, adorable. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to make the prompts to get up in streaming. Maybe I'll jump into some streams with Alex if he's doing some Destiny stuff. Uh, Mars is having a thing this week, so it makes sense for me and Alex to go raid the depths of Mars, if you will. I'll stunt on him with some cool-ass guns. Yeah, that's about it, though, really. Marriage is getting, uh, not marriage is getting the way of. Planning a wedding is a giant time consumption that keeps me from running Cat 6 out to my garage, because A, it's fucking hot out, and B, Cat 6 is expensive. <laughs> but yeah, that's for this week's podcast. Um, Since you were so rudely interrupted last week, Alex, um, would you take us out this week? Sure. Cue <clears throat> the best.